Okie dokie, looks like we're up and ripping. Are we? Just going to double check that we are. It looks like it. Yes, we are. Good evening, everybody. Uh, it is, what's the date today? May 19th, 2022. Uh, just before a long weekend here in the beautiful country of Canada. To celebrate, I'm wearing my Ontario sweater. Uh, any uh, 90s kids might recognize the design. Um it's a, it's a classic. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's very cold down here, so I need a sweater. Um, but yes, it's been a lovely week here. Uh, very busy on my end. Uh, the Joachim Kamel report is out. There will be another report out tomorrow. Uh, patrons and McKean's people already have it. Uh, next week, there will be at least another one, uh, hopefully two. Uh, patrons will be getting one tomorrow. And yeah, so uh, it's it's getting it, we're getting there. We're about under two months away, which is pretty crazy to me. It feels like it's coming up faster and faster every single day I'm alive. Um, but I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get to that goal of 20 reports by the time the draft comes around. We should be able to. Uh, so looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to, to showing you what I've been able to find. Um, what else is going on? Not much else is happening. Um... I'm currently watching the Tampa Bay Lightning play against the Florida Panthers here. Just tuned in. I, I had to, uh, I, I, on Thursday nights, Survivor takes priority uh, over over the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so just turning the game on. So if you have takes, I, I'm happy to hear them, but I can't give you any information uh, for or against what your takes might be. Um, but yeah, so far the, re the reports, uh, all of the feedback has been great. Um, super, super cool. Um, Really happy to hear from people uh, and, and their thoughts on what I have to say, because what I have to say is just me. Um, I also want to extend my congratulations to Chloe Primerano uh, and the Vancouver Giants. The Vancouver Giants selected the first uh, women's hockey uh, women's hockey pick in the WHL draft today. I believe it was in the 10th round. Correct me if I'm wrong, but congratulations to her. Good for the Vancouver, Vancouver Giants. Uh, all the best for her. I saw a tweet from Reese Jessup that uh, her production rate and the school or program she's coming from is generally sort of a typical mid-round pick in the WHL. So that's remarkable. Really, really good for her uh, and, and really, really good for the for the Giants. So I keep I keep almost calling them the Canucks. Uh, it's, it's strange. I always forget that there's a junior team in Vancouver too. But uh, good for the Giants and all the best to her and, and them as they uh, as they go for the next few years and, uh, and develop her. Uh, let's just jump into uh, some questions here because people will file in and all kinds of things are going to happen. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay, first first question or statement is about uh, the game going on now. Tampa Bay's power play being lethal. I mean, that's not a secret. Uh, Tampa Bay has been one of the more uh, creative power plays that you've that I've, that I've seen in a long time. It's funny being someone who lives in Toronto. Like, I've seen last year to this year. Like, it seems like Toronto as a team that's kind of built in some ways similarly to Tampa, at least offensively, trying to sort of copy some of the same concepts like below the goal line, dangerous pass route, dangerous pass routes, um, you know, really working pucks off the boards to below the goal line and then putting pucks out in front rather than sort of off the half wall. I don't know. I've always really, really liked Tampa Bay's power play, but it also feels like only a team like Tampa could pull it off. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. Uh, but But yes, it is quite something to watch. Uh, another Will. Hello, Will. Uh, thoughts on a good defenseman for Vancouver? Many reports saying they're interested in picking a defenseman in the first round. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that Juracek and Nemec will be gone. 
if you want to swing big, you take Seamus Casey, I think. But if you are realistic, I think Kevin Korczynski is the one that makes sense. Uh, and I feel like him off of, you know, if you've got Quinn Hughes on one pair, Kevin Korczynski on the other, that could be an interesting sort of puck-moving pair of defensemen to have on your back end. And yeah, I mean, I, that would be the name that I would pitch if I was Vancouver. They would have had lots and lots of looks at him since he plays in Seattle. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, my my philosophy about defensemen in the draft is that you can you can, a lot of really good NHL defensemen are not drafted in the first round. Um, so just because there's good ones available in the first round, I mean, I I look at guys like Vladimir Gradin and. He's my, yeah, so my defense ranking right now is Jiracek, Nemec, Casey, Korchinski, Grudin, and Mintyukov. I bet Pavel Mintyukov is gone. I can't, I can see an NHL team just jumping at the chance to pick him. And I've got him in a tier that could be ahead of a guy like Casey or Korchinski. But I think if I'm Vancouver, I, I, I pitch on, uh, I pitch on Korchinski um, and maybe you swing another defenseman, uh, pull a rabbit out of your hat later on in the draft. Um... Any comments about the Sharks signing Mitch Russell? No. Uh, I don't really know much about Mitch Russell. Um, I believe he's 20 or uh, or, or something like that. I mean, um, yeah, so he's an overager in the OHL. I wouldn't have huge expectations, um, but good for him. Uh, sign a contract, you start your journey, have some fun. Do the thing, and San Jose is a good place to do it. Thoughts on Pavel Minchukov? Could he could go inside the top ten? Yeah, so I've heard a lot about Minchukov in the top ten. Personally, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I can kind of see why, like hockey people love Minchukov. Like he's big, he's got skill, he's got range, um, he can be physical. But he's a in my in my view, I don't know. I I find that the pace of his game is pretty low. He's not the best puck protector at speed. Like standing still and and you know and 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 challenging defenders in the offensive zone like he's very creative and and can do that but i just I, he has good offensive transition numbers but i wonder how well it translates based on how his game isn't necessarily built around skill or 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 really that much speed so much as a combination of footwork and his raw size and just quick skill moves to pull pucks around and everything which is fine um, I mean, I've got Mintukov in a tier that goes from seven to 22. So, you know, if his name, like, I wouldn't really want to pick him over a Korchinski or a Casey or a Grudinin, but I would, I get it. I, I understand if, if there's people, if there's like seven people being like, no, we want him. I'd be like, you know what? All right. If you think there's something we can work with, with regards to, you know, filling him out, getting him a little bit more agile, um, getting him more defensively involved. Cause he is a little bit, you know, takes the foot off the gas pedal defensively doesn't really challenge along the boards as much as you would think. Um, and, and I mean, the other thing too is Saginaw is a very strange team based on how I've watched them over the years, like really Rover style defense. Um, and, and I don't know, it's, he's a weird one, but I mean, if he's gone in the top 10, like I'm happy to let that happen and, and take someone else later. Cause I feel like also later in the draft, there's defensemen available that can hold a candle to Minchukov. Like they're not that much further back. Uh, Brendan, hello. Uh, can you name a few guys with top six forward or top four defense that you think would be available for Dubas to draft with their first rounder? Uh, Brad Lambert comes to mind right away. Uh, and I feel like Toronto could do very well to pick him. Uh, Gleb Trikazov in that range seems perfectly reasonable to me. His average rank now is 28. Um, 
who else? Uh, Philip Mashar might be a guy that they could snag there. He, I think he should be gone by then, but you never know. Um, Noah Osland in Toronto would be really interesting. And the other thing for Toronto is that unless they trade back, which I think is possible, uh, if the, if they don't trade back, they don't have a pick until the third round. So the the real value of the draft to me almost every year is in that early mid second round. Um, and if you don't get to pick in that range, you're probably going to lose a whole bunch of guys like guys like Noah Osland probably. That's a name that I think could come up for Toronto there. Isaac Howard could come up there. For defensemen, I mean, Seamus Casey, but that's a risky pick, I think. I mean, I'm not I, – I really like him, but I think there's risk there. I think Toronto would be a good landing spot for him. Um, Owen Pickering, I doubt, makes it there. Sam Renzel might be there. Uh, and those guys might be defensemen that Toronto could land. Um, any of those names, I would I would be more than happy to, 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 to see land in Toronto. Um, or they could pull a rabbit out of their hat and, and know something that nobody knows about some random player, uh, like they did with Matt Nyes last year that, you know, gives them some value in some way. Uh, am I wrong? Or is the first and second round this year deeper than usual with solid talent? Not many elite prospects, but I see guys like Kulik and Ugarin in the twenties and think that's great value. Um, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think that this year has, I mean, I look at my list and I go, where, where's the line where I'm kind of not really like excited about the players that are on my list. And for me, that ends at around 34, 2020, that number was like 50. Like I had Sean Farrell at like 50 something. And I was like, I love Sean Farrell. I wish I could rank him higher, but I, I, I can't, but I love him. Um, and last year, I don't know. I'd have to look at my list, but I think, I mean, again, like, I think the top, it, there, it's, it is definitely a lot closer uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the guys at the top and the guys likely to go in the back half of the first round. I think it's just a closer group. Um, and I think the, I think it's just hard. I think, I think there is a big group of players where you could be really interested in what they might become. Um, but then I think it just kind of stops and then there's players that are really, really, really flawed, um, but have some interesting potential that go beyond that. And I feel like that's kind of where this draft kind of slows down real fast. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't know about deeper than usual, but it's definitely, there's a lot of interesting players that are all kind of around the same general talent level. Um, and you're just going to have to, I know, I know who I would want to make a bet on, but so much might come down to like how they interview, how their team might think they could develop, what they're looking for on their roster, um, the type of hockey the team wants to play. There's a whole bunch of factors, but in terms of overall talent, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's like a huge amount of, of overwhelming uh, depth to the, to the group, but it is a large, solid group of players. And then it kind of stops in my view. Uh, Eloy, hello. Uh, have I seen Frederick Brunet perchance? I have. I think he's that rear entry Quebec junior defenseman was really good data. I didn't see much there. Um, I wish I get, he's one of these guys where I, 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 I watched a little bit of him cause someone asked me about him like a month ago. Uh, and I might've been you. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it, he's one of those guys where when I watch him, I go, I, I don't know. I don't like, he's a good, he's a good junior player. Um, He's on a good team. I think he's with Sherbrooke, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting it wrong. But uh, 
he's you know he's he's fine in the QMJHL. I just again, if I'm drafting a re-entry, I want to draft a player where I'm going. I can't believe this guy wasn't drafted, and I just haven't seen that really with Frederick Brunet, especially relative to other guys that went undrafted. Um, and it, I can't really tell you specifics as to why not. It's just that I don't really think that he's that super super high end player that his data kind of indicates. Um, but I could be wrong. Uh, maybe he'll get drafted. Guys like Tyson Hines, I wasn't a huge fan of last year, uh, and he got drafted. He had really great data last year. Anaheim picked him. I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been great this year from what I've seen, but it doesn't matter. Um, sometimes guys like that can earn a draft pick. Uh, Brian, the worst question of the night for sure. Uh, good evening. Seeing a lot of drops among guys to track this week. Who are some guys that moved up in their place? Yeah. So, I mean, Nick Moldenauer, I, I just moved him down. I mean, I had, I was sort of primed to move him down after watching him at the world, uh, under 18s, but the guys that passed him, uh, there's a couple of new guys like, uh, Zade Wisdom's brother is now on my list. Uh, Zachariah, um, who plays a strangely similar game to his brother. I mean, not straight. It's not strange that brothers would play similarly, but I, I liked what I saw out of Zachariah Wisdom. Uh, Jakob Noren, Kasper Kulunumi, Ryan Green, uh, Noah Warren. Like, those guys I bumped... I, I kind of, by bumping Moldenauer down, those guys got bumped up. And, uh, yeah. So, nothing too horrible with Moldenauer. It's just, again, in that lower range of my list, like in the third round, it's like... I don't know. There, it's it. A little bit of movement can be a lot of movement. Um, other than that, Marco Casper... I mean, with Marco Casper, I think it was... You know, I, I still think that his game is relatively limited in terms of what he's going to do in the NHL. And I mean that with respect. Like, I think he's going to be a rock-solid NHL forward. I don't know about center or winger. I don't, you, the thing about him is you could probably comfortably try him at both positions, and he probably would be fine. Um, you know, he's, he's not super skilled, but he's skilled enough to make it work. He's quick in a straight line and can chase guys down, and he can sort of play that 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 first one in forecheck role really well and grind play down and, and do all those things that coaches want you to do. He gets to the front of the net and can be a tipping threat and, and, a, and a rebound threat. He's good defensively in terms of applying pressure and getting in lanes and, and covering the front of the net. It's just, it's a real meat and potatoes hockey player. Um, and, and in such a way where I'm sitting back, I'm going, all right, like I had him, I think at 28 or 27 and I'm going, well, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I, I like him more than I think a 27th overall pick should be. And I think he at least deserves a spot in that third tier of mine that stretches pretty deep into the first round. Um, I wouldn't draft him super high. I, there, I've heard that he might go higher than I have him. And I would understand why. Like, I would, there's a bit of certainty there with him. He's, he's a well-rounded prospect. You got room to grow with him. He got better as the year went on, I felt. Uh, more comfortable, especially just just with the pace of the game and just chipping in as a in a, in a, in a as a role player. Um, I just think that his upside is relatively limited. You kind of have to know that going in. You know, he can shoot, but doesn't get a ton of chances to shoot in open ice. He's more of a greasy grind front of the net kind of guy, um, or at least that's what I could see him doing in the NHL a little more. Uh, Lucas Gustafson, just uh, you know, with Gustafson, I loved him last year. Um, and you can still see the the potential. You still see what he can do, um, but it just he's still he's it's 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 strange. He's a player who I think is still figuring out how to balance when to use the creativity and imaginativeness, or or how imaginative he can be, when to use that, and when to just keep it simple, make a simple play, and just keep the puck moving in the right direction. Like he would be trying behind the back passes in his own end, and there's no one, no partner there for support. 
um, you know, a deke move when, or a spin move when, when it just pins him against the boards. Um, but then he jumps into a rush and you see him with the puck on his stick and challenging guys and, 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 and jumping into the offensive zone. And it's like, yeah, this is still the player that I remember watching. It's just a matter of figuring out the other side of the game. He seems a little bit more heavy footed. I don't know what that's all about, but still a really interesting player. But for him, it was, you know, with him versus a guy who's a year and a half younger in Kenta Iso guy, Jordan Gustafson, I've really liked Tristan Luneau, I think has a pretty safe floor, something that Gustafson doesn't have. Um, Rigo Lorenz, again, I think there's a relatively safe floor there. Gustafson was just, I don't know, I had other guys that I just dumped, uh, or he, he just moved behind, and uh, because I just feel like with Gustafson, based on his age and, and everything, like, you know, I I would still, he's on my scouting list, he's on team, team scouting, um, but it's just a matter of those guys being, him being a little bit more sketchy to me when I, when I circled back. Uh, the rest, I mean, nothing else truly massive really changed um, that bad. Uh, Graham Slam, nice haircut. Thank you very much. Courtesy of Kronos Barbershop in uh, Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Um, tell them I sent you. Uh, good group of good group of dudes. Uh, I, men and women worked there. I shouldn't say that. Good group of people. Uh, really cool place. Um, and and usually there's bookings available if that's what you're struggling with. Uh, what do you think of Korchinski skating? Well, I mean, Korchinski's really fluid on his feet. I mean, the, the name that keeps coming up to me when I watch Kevin Korchinski is Jake Gardner. I, 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 keep, I keep bringing that name back into my head every time I watch him play. Really fluid, skilled defender, um, aggressive offensive player, but not like aggressive as in jumping off the blue line, but he's not afraid to sort of take a step laterally or, or shake off a defender keep awareness of, of the passing lanes that he's creating and opening and closing and, and sending passes through the slot and all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, some of his passing decisions, breaking pucks out and some of his uh, defensive play, you're just sort of sitting there going like, what are you doing? Like you did, you didn't need to do that or, or that could have been executed a little bit better. And it's nothing terrible. Um, but with Jake Gardner, it's like, if you're looking for bad in Jake Gardner, you're going to find bad. If you're looking for the worst moments of Kevin Korchinski, you're going to find them. But they're, in my view, it's heavily masked by really, really interesting potential as a puck carrier and an offensive creator and, and a lot of those other factors that, that, that has set him apart so far this year. In terms of his skating, um, I'd like to see him apply it more defensively, but he pivots, it, he pivots well enough. He, he's mobile enough. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got some reach and, and size, and he uses that with his skating as well to sort of keep guys away from him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like Kevin Korchinski really well, a lot and, and, and the, the feet that he's got are, are a big part of that. Uh, hello son. Uh, who do you think could immediately jump in the NHL immediately after this draft? Uh, probably Shane Wright. And even then I think that's stretching it just Shane Wright. I would think the rest, I would be more comfortable. Like I'd be more comfortable with your check overseas for another year. Uh, maybe an AHL year for Juracek. I Simon Simon Nemec. I would certainly not be putting in the NHL right away. Matthew Savoy absolutely needs to go back to junior. Um, Joachim Kamel probably goes back to Finland. Um, yeah, I, I would say Shane Wright, and that's it. I again, I I don't see any real reason to rush players to the NHL in this year's draft class. Like, there's a whole bunch of names from even 2021 that I think I would take higher than a lot of names high in this year's draft. Um. Uh, Jakob, who your thoughts? Is he just big or is there something there? I don't know who that is. So I will write it down. 
Um, and uh, I appreciate you bringing it up and doing my job for me. Um, but I will put him down. Uh, nope, that's uh, Jakob Hoosier. Or have I seen this player? I have not. Okay, I'll check them out. I'll check them out. I'll check them out. Uh, next. <laughs> yes, I'm a Survivor fan too. Yeah, man. Uh, Survivor this season, I don't know if anyone else is a Survivor watcher, but like it's been really like A+. We're a, we're a Survivor house. We're a, we watch The Circle on Netflix. Um, and I think that's the only real game, like reality game shows that we watch. But those two are like premier um i'm sad my boy went home no spoilers but but i'm sad my 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 boy went home uh last night in survivor which is sad uh young fungus nice i like that username uh thoughts on philip beastead pronman has the habs taking him late in the first in his mock draft uh you know if that happens i wouldn't be upset at all if i was a habs fan you, there's probably going to be better players available that are there right now but I've been watching Beastead for two years now, and he was a guy who I had in the back of my mind as a potentially really highly rated player for this year after last year. And this year, it's he's one of those guys where you can tell that there's something there. It just never comes out. He's got size and and pace and a bit of skill to him as well. Um, you know, physically resilient, but just you don't he doesn't really drive that much with it as much. Like last year relative to this year. He basically is a flat line, like not much improvement. I watched him for a few games in the SHL, tracked a couple of SHL games, and he kind of was, he wasn't bad, um, but he was kind of just sort of in the background and sort of not really driving play uh, very much and, and, and just kind of seemed to be gripping a stick too tight and, and all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. I, I watched him, and, and I, I th- but I think that with what he's got, if you give him time and you give him like three years in Sweden – you know, he's got he's got a lot of the traits that NHL teams really like. Like he's got size, but he's not slow. He's not you know, he's not not skilled. And he and he can score. Like he's capable of it. But I don't think that's gonna be like a hallmark of his game unless he really puts this puts the puzzle together. And uh yikes, Sergei Bobrovsky almost leaked one through there. Um so yeah, I mean I it I didn't see Corey Pronman's mock draft, um, but and and for anyone interested, like I have started writing up a mock draft of uh, mock draft of my own. I'll record myself doing it uh, and revealing it, and then do a written article as well. But I'm also kind of waiting for more teams, uh, and also I'm just really busy with other stuff, so I don't really have the time to write and record a video like that because it will also probably take a while. But anyway, uh, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, it depends on who's left on the board with Beastead. But I mean, if it's late first, there's going to be someone I like bo- more. He's at 45 on my list. I probably wouldn't think about it until the second round, like uh, in Sweden, like a guy like Leon Bixell, Kali Odilius, Matthias Havlid, um, all come to mind as a late first round pick that I'd be more interested in. Um, but I mean, Beastead would be a fine, interesting pick and you'd have to see, he's he's one where it would really depend on his development. Uh, any thoughts on Yaroslav Yaparov? Yeah, I did want to go out and watch him. Um, I don't think there's that much there. I, I, I watched a couple of games and then a, a bunch of clips of him. Um, I mean, his team was good. He He's a good finisher. I'll give him that. Like, he's big, and unlike a lot of M- N- MHL players, he attacks the middle. Um, but again, I, I, there's, I feel like at any given pick this year, there's just going to be guys that I like more than Yaparov. Um, and it's nothing against him. Like, he's got an interesting package of size and, and a bit of skill and some good finishing ability. 
um, attacks the middle of the ice pretty well, but not, none of it was like super, super interesting to me at that low a level, especially considering what's going on in Russia where I'm going, yeah, I'm going to add this guy to the stable. Like it, the, the, the equation just isn't really in his, in his favor. I don't think. Uh, hello, Alex. Who has the best offensive upside between Cali Odelius, Elias Solomonson, and Matthias Havlid? Best offensive upside? Uh, well, I mean, it depends. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Solomonson. Like, Solomonson and Havlid are really good shooters. Those guys have a shot. Like, they, they've got a wrist shot from the point and they like to use it. Um, Cali Odelius is more of a puck mover and more of a sort of uh, auxiliary sort of perimeter passer kind of thing. And you can generate points that way. Um, and I think that there's upside for him to develop into more of an offensive player. Hovlid is kind of the polar opposite, where he's thinking shot all the time, it seems, in my viewings. Like, he's just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and not really sort of... You know, you saw a bit more of it at the under-18s, I thought, rather than me watching him in the SHL. Um, Sela Monson, I think his game has just morphed to be a lot more defensive this year. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of where he's going to settle. So I guess the answer to your question in terms of what I think is is Matthias Havlid, because I think the skill and, and skating he's got can unlock possibilities if he's willing to pass the puck a little more and, and not think shot so much. Um but that's it's I mean, I think between him and Odelius, they fill they kind of fill different boots. Uh and Salamonson I think just has uh a bit of a lower upside kind of thing uh going on, at least in terms of offense. Uh Centennial. Hello, sir. Uh yes, fresh cut. Once again, Kronos Barbershop, Bar Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Um Oh, lost the question. Where is it? I lost it. Oh god, I'm oh god, I'm panicking. Uh, hello, Cheka Jr. As a Montreal fan, we need offensive defensemen and defensemen available with Calgary's picks are Havlid, Kairou, and Nelson. Uh, thoughts on them or other defensemen in that range? I already know your thoughts on Grudina and Casey. Um, the are you talking about a first-round pick? I mean, I would be interested in seeing Matthias Havlid in a, in a Montreal jersey. Ty Nelson is a huge wild card. I don't know. I, I am, I am, I am thoroughly convinced that that Ty Nelson is like broken. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more and more time goes on. I'm thoroughly convinced like a player that was so highly regarded going into the OHL draft and a player that can play offensively as well as he can being amongst the leaders in the OHL period in terms of dumping the puck without ret retaining possession. I can't, I just can't square that. I don't understand what that's all about. Um, and I know North Bay that they do that a lot. I, I it's like Mike Babcock hockey to me. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't get it. Kairu would be risky. I mean, Kairu I would understand because there's a lot of potential. His offensive toolkit is really really tremendous. But the the skating is really not good. The defensive game because of that is worse. Um, you know, getting beat constantly not really being able to use his feet and legs to sort of apply pressure really well. Uh, but when the puck is on his stick and he's got some space to play with and, and he's in the offensive zone and, and able to sort of get creative, he's among the better defensemen in the draft when it comes to like stepping up and, and almost being that sort of forward defenseman. Um, if, if I had to pick between those three, it would be, <clears throat> it would be Havlid. Sam Renzel 
would be an interesting defenseman for them. I mean, they love those college defensemen. I mean, at least under Bergevin they did. And, and I mean, who knows what, 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 uh, what Ken Hughes is thinking, but someone like Sam Renzel would come to mind. Um, I don't know. Callie Odilius in Montreal would be a lot of fun. Uh, it, and it also just really depends on what you're looking for in a player, like what you want your defensemen to play like in the NHL. Because if you want them to be mobile and offensive and creative, then someone like a Leon Bixell might not be the best option. Um, but if you want them to be more, you know, like what Montreal's been drafting in the past, which is mobile, but also strong and physical and, and sort of more of a basic offensive player, but like gets the job done then a guy like Bixell sounds a lot better. It's just hard to tell with Montreal because it's it's they've, they've cleaned house and, and it's basically starting over. Uh, do you think Slavkovsky will end up being an Achushkin-type player? I feel like people are overrating him a bit. Well, they are overrating him. I mean, I've I've watched Slavkovsky for two straight years, and I still think his, his NHL offensive game is going to be pretty limited. But he's going to be a really, really good possession winger, I think, in the NHL. Just a guy who can hold on to the puck you know, while other guys find space, he can be the one who holds onto the puck and, and hits them in that space. Um, you know, a competent enough transition player. Um, the Nichushkin comparison, I mean, Nichushkin is, is a really, really good player. I think so. Yeah, someone just commented that. Like, he's really good. I don't think, I don't think Slavkovsky's going to be one of these guys where analytics people go, this guy's one of the most underrated players in the league, or he's one of the best players in the league for his position. Which Nichushkin, I mean, the, the data for him is really, really good. But Slavkovsky, you know, if you don't, if you draft him as sort of a guy that can round out your team's offense as sort of a projectable guy with potential, right? Like he's big, he's been big for a while, but still I think could use to get a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker with his hands, a little bit quicker on his feet. That would unlock a lot of offense for him, I think. But in terms of the strength he's got to get off the boards, get off the wall, get into the middle of the ice, make plays, take chances himself, he does it really well. <clears throat> um, but I, I just I wonder how much he'll get away with that in the NHL without improvements to his feet and his strength uh, and, and, and the quickness with his hands to sort of solve in traffic. Um, I mean, I don't know. I see a lot of Devils fans already pinging me about taking him at two because he fits what they need. And frankly, I don't know. Uh, I, I would just say no, because there's better players. I think that are out there, but Slavkovsky's four on my board. Like if he goes at two, I get it. I understand. I wouldn't do it, but I get it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe undershoot that offense a little bit, but still put up decent results, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, is Marco Casper a future clutch player? I don't know. Look, the thing about that I don't understand, like, look at Nick Paul on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Scored two goals all through the first round. Both of them were in game seven, and Tampa won. Like, who in there who in the who in the universe could have predicted that ten years ago or whatever, when Nick Paul was draft eligible, that he was gonna be a clutch player? You can't you literally cannot predict that. Like it's the NHL. Like, who's gonna be a clutch player? I don't know, probably Shane Wright. Like, most likely out of anyone, probably Shane Wright. A guy who you're going to put over the boards with two minutes left in a game? I don't know. Maybe him. And even then, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Elias Pettersson is having a crazy playoffs in the Swedish Junior League. Is he someone who could move up in your rankings? Uh, I watched a lot of him at the U18s and didn't see a whole lot that moved the needle. He's got some skill. He's an okay skater. He'll get drafted. 
Um, but I just don't see enough. I, I haven't seen enough where I'm going. Yeah. This guy's certainly on my list. Like, I don't know. He kind of faded into the background a little bit on the Swedish junior team, uh, or under eight, eight, under 18 team this year. Um, for me at least, uh, but he'll get drafted. I think if Detroit likes to get a bigger center at eight, who would I choose a big center at eight? You trade back. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the only big centers that you could get there, like Cutter Goche is listed at center. I haven't seen him play center there. I don't, I don't think all year. Uh, I mean, Marco Casper, but that would be a, like you would, you, you could trade back probably. I mean, I would imagine you could, you could either trade back and get Marco Casper or you draft, you know, someone else and, and worry about your center problems later. Um, but if they really want a big center, guys like Casper and Geeky come to mind. But I wouldn't draft either of those guys at, at eight, personally. Uh, have you fully vetted the vegan arguments? And if so, what key disagreements do you have with veganism or key agreements that you have with the non-vegan position that render you a non-vegan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't say I've ever gotten that question before. Um... I don't, I think I've, I know a couple of vegans, I believe. Uh, I honestly don't really care. So in our house, I'll say this, we don't eat a lot of red meat, like barely any. Like the only times we really eat red meat here is if it's like we're making chili, which is pretty rare, or we're making burgers, which is somewhat common in the summers, but not really. Like we haven't whipped up the barbecue yet to make burgers. Um... So, I mean, we're pretty much a chicken and fish household. And I think part of, I mean, part of that is because meat is expensive as hell right now. Uh, but also because like there is a bit of an environmental component to that where, you know, cutting down on beef and everything and blah, 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 blah. Um, we also try to eat like at least one vegetarian meal a week. Like a, like we, we just honestly a vegetarian stir fry and you just put a bunch of rice in there and, and some nuts. Like that's, you know, you got a lot going on there. Uh, you're good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, if you want to be a vegan, be a vegan. If you don't, if people don't want to be vegans, then that's cool too. Uh, I, I mean, I think it is reasonable to ask people to try to eat less red meat because there are some people out there who eat red meat, like constantly, like it's a part of, there's a subculture of eating red meat. Like Ron Swanson was a cultural culturally dominant for a long time largely because of the red meat he ate uh and i i mean i don't know it's that that's something you could cut down on and and there's lots of other ways to to eat protein you know you don't have to give up animal products i but i get it you know i don't know life without animal products is also very 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 difficult and also very 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 expensive at least right now um i don't know uh i don't really care um but uh in our household we've definitely made some small lifestyle changes to uh tweak things a little bit and and modify our our imprint on on the planet um which team is going to go a little crazy and take owen pickering in the top 10 uh that's a good question oh one one there we go uh who's gonna who's gonna take him in the top 10 um let's go buffalo i feel like owen pickering and buffalo would be a lot of fun him with owen power and and rasmus Dahlin and that'd be a lot of fun i don't know um i doubt it would be ottawa but maybe because he's big. Columbus at six. I doubt it. It would be fun to see it happen though. Um, 
Bonsoir, Jeremy. Could you rank the NTDB forwards in order to review who has the best shot? Uh, okay. USD. Who has the best shot? Um, so I would probably put Gauthier at one. Uh, Gauthier at one. Um... McGrory at two, I would say. Uh, Isaac Howard, maybe three. Frank Nazer, three, something like that. Logan Cooley, four, or who, or one of the other, and then Cooley. Uh, then Snuggerud. And Devin Kaplan down at the bottom. I don't know, something like that. But Cutter Goche is probably the best pure shooter on the on the team. Um, but there are, the rest of them are pretty, are pretty close. I'd say McGrordy has a really nice shot. He just shoots from everywhere. Uh, whoever, oh, hello, whoever. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I, I try to look great just for you folks. Um, I don't know the name that you just wrote there. So, uh, I'm going to pretend that it's a, a troll, but actually I'm going to Google it because if I say it out loud. Oh, okay, so Barkevius Mingo is a real person. Um, an outside linebacker who is now a free agent, a couple months younger than me. Um, my thoughts on him? Um, I don't know. I don't really have any. I hope that's okay. Uh, lobster Mania, nice. I, I like lobster. Well, actually, I'm not the biggest lobster fan, to be perfectly honest, honestly. Uh, greetings. Uh, how have you felt about Marcus Newen in a larger sample? Because he absolutely shredded your data set in a very small sample. Yes, it's a very small sample with him. I will make it larger by the end of the year. That's my pledge to you, Mr. Lobster Mania, or Ms. Lobster Mania, or whoever you are. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I lo Mar Marcus Newen's interesting. I mean, Joel Henderson put me onto him a while ago. Um... I, f I feel like there's at least a good junior player there. Like, a m he's he's evasive and skilled, uh, confident, um, not the quickest guy in the world in a straight line and, and kind of not the most defensively involved guy, but, but really knows how to get up the ice, knows how to sort of manipulate defenders and get pucks through them. Uh, and, and in the game I watched, he played pretty well. He was pretty quiet, and then all of a sudden he'd pop off, and then pretty quiet, and then he'd come out and pop off. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I, I've liked Marcus Newen. He's worked his way onto my list. Uh, he's sitting at, where is he here? He's sitting at 78. Um, you know, as like a later round WHL pick. Oh, Duclair, you got to bury that. Uh, as, like a, as like a late round swing, like maybe I could see it being a thing. The problem is you get two years of development, but he's young, scored well per 60 minutes on the ice, and I, I think I, I, buy the, I buy the data. Um... Casper seems to be rising fast right now for a lot of people. Seems do you it seems like you see something there too. What is it? Uh I guess elegant simplicity. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's he's not the most skilled guy. He's not he's pretty quick, but he's not super agile. He's not deceptive. He's not he's not a super high-end offensive NHL player at the end of the day, I don't think. But he can shoot. He's physical. He 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 chases guys down. He's fast in a straight line. You know, he's he's a really interesting sort of up and down guy that you could play up the middle, play on the wings. He's he's he does a lot of things naturally that you really want to see. Um, which I think carries value, especially past a certain point in the draft. It's like, yeah, he might not shoot the lights out and score eighty points in a year, but he'll be effective and that's and that's worth something. 
And in my view, it was just worth a little bit more than the guys he was behind at the time. Uh, Lego Rocks all, hello, uh, Gio Palermo. What's going on, man? Uh, good to see you here. Stoked to finally catch one of these live again. Yeah. Uh, podcast listener. You're a podcast listener now. So you're a, what is it? The Always Sunny podcast calls the watchers the creeps and the listeners they're normal. But I guess it's the other way around. You're a podcast creep. Uh, who'll be this generation's coffee, i.e. a superstar player who plays on a ton of superstar teams? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think that it's tougher these days to 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 do something like that. I mean, and also like contracts, these guys are locked up for like seven or eight years at a time. Um, but the this generation's coffee, a superstar who plays on a ton of superstar teams. I guess I'll answer this with like who I would like to see play for a bunch of teams. And it's, you know, partially it's because his name is in the news a lot right now where I live. But, you know, I have a lot of respect for how William Nylander plays. And as much as being in Toronto is something that I think, you know, it fits for sure. I wonder how likely it is that they'll be able to keep him once his contract expires. Because he's certainly going to ask for a lot more than $7 million at this rate. And Toronto just will not have the ability to do that. Uh, and he might be the odd one out. And I guess if you had to pick between one of them uh, to go, uh, to let go, it's it might be him. And uh, I would like to see him sort of do the, the tour of multiple different teams. Um, because I feel like he would be a fit on any team. Like he's just an unbelievably talented hockey player. And I'm a huge, huge fan of how he plays. And I would love to see how that, how he does that with multiple other teams. And like what effect he has on other teams. I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, I, I feel like there's there's others, obviously. Um, hmm. I'm also trying to think of players where it's realistic that they're really, really talented and might just take off. Um, but a lot of young guys get locked up. Like Andrei Svechnikov would be really cool to see on a bunch of different teams, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um... You know, I don't know. Maybe they just showed his face. Maybe Johnny Gaudreau becomes a, a mercenary for hire and, and starts bouncing around some teams, you know, scoring points, making money. That would be that'd be kind of fun too. I don't know. It's it's a great question, but th those kinds of players I'm always fascinated in because they're just going around chasing something else rather than, oh, I'm noble to my team and, and whatever. Uh, but, I mean, Paul Coffey did spend a long time with, with the Oilers, I guess. Uh, he just also played until he was like 57 years old. Uh, Manatron, what's going on? Pick an undeserving team that will miss the playoffs next season and win the lottery next season. Bedard in Pittsburgh would make fans' heads explode. Oh, God. Uh, pick an undeserving team that will miss the playoffs next season and win the lottery next season. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a good one. Pittsburgh is a good one. Hmm. It's a really good question. I'm thinking about it. Uh, an undeserving team that will miss the playoffs next year and win the lottery. <sighs> I mean, okay. This might be a hot take. But let's say Igor Shishchurkin blows out a knee in training camp. Do the, do the Rangers do well enough to make the playoffs without him? Probably not. Uh... So, because they're the team that came up in my head about four times during thinking about that, I'm going to go with the Rangers. 
a team that everyone thinks is is done their rebuild. They're all set. They're all done. But when you look through the the, the looking glass a little bit, uh, I, I I think that they're a team that might be might be a little bit overrated going into next season if they're getting a little too big for their britches. And I think they're a goalie injury away from disaster. Um, so you said Pittsburgh, but the Rangers came to mind pretty quick and they stayed in my head. So let's go with the Rangers. Uh, and Bedard on the Rangers would be. Connor Bedard as a New York Ranger would be quite something. That would be, it would be great for the sport. It would be great for the sport. Uh, saw you on the Winged Wheel podcast. Ah, yes. Good group of folks. It was a good time being on that show. Uh, if the Wings took Savoy at eight, complete fantasy for them to trade up into the late first round if Brad Lambert drops and is there in 2022-25, or 22-25. to 25. Uh, I mean, yeah. I brought up Savoy because I thought he might be a good fit in Detroit, but, like, Savoy's risky. Like, I... I've watched Savoy. I watched him this week. Um, knocked him down a spot. Uh, you're, he's probably one of the bigger boomer boss guys out there. I think. I mean, the way he plays right now, it needs work to project to the NHL. I think one of the least active transition forwards I've tracked all year, which I did not expect going into this year, based on what I saw with Dubuque last year. Um, really good offensive contributor, but that's about it. Uh, that that's a that's about it. Uh, which is very strange. Um, but he's got speed and skill and you can work with that. And I feel like there's lots of headroom. Um, and I mean, I don't know, you might not even need to trade up into the late first to get Brad Lambert. Like some people might not even think he's a first round pick. He's ranked 10th in Europe right now, uh, in central scouting. And I feel like that is more in line with reality with what might actually happen with him. You might be able to get him in the second round and not have to trade up at all. Uh, which teams would be a good fit for Tiny Lane Hudson? If he was four, if he was four feet higher, he'd be a top ten for sure. That's true. If he were nine feet tall, he'd be a. I know what you mean. Four inches. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Lane Hudson's really small. I I think Lane Hudson has a lot of upside, but a lot of risk. And and it's not the offensive side that's the problem. It's the defensive side. And it's not because he doesn't try, but he physically just does not take up space, and he gets exposed for that a lot defensively. Um. And those four inches can make a pretty big difference uh, in certain situations. But, uh, I mean, I get the feeling he'll go later than we all think he will, like maybe a third or fourth round pick. Um, which teams would be a good fit? I feel like Montreal would be a lot of fun, like based on what they're kind of going for in terms of what they've spoken about in terms of analytics and the scouting process and video work and, and sort of bucking trends. I feel like Montreal would be an interesting choice. Um... Winnipeg has not been afraid to draft small defensemen over the last few years, and I feel like he could be the best one of them all. I mean, I love Dimitri Kuzman, but but him there also kind of makes sense. Um, those are the teams that come to mind right away. Uh, what is a good pick for Montreal at first? It's going to be Shane Wright. Like, I don't know. It, there's a bunch of different things happening all at the same time, I think. Like, it seems like there's a faction of people trying to prove to themselves that Shane Wright isn't terrible. Which, like, I'll, I don't know. I'll give you a, a, a bit of help. He's not. He's, like, anyone who this sees... Like, I've had my questions about Shane, right? And I think that what people have been talking about with regards to his upside, people have wildly misinterpreted his game, I think. But it's not like he's bad. He had a slow start, but he wasn't bad. Uh, but he's also not Connor McDavid. He's not going to rescue the Montreal Canadiens single-handedly. It's just not going to happen. Um, at least I don't think it will. It's unlikely, but he's going to be a really good ad for Montreal, and it gives them a really good center to play up the middle of the ice who's probably the smartest player in the draft. Um, 
and I would paste him to Cole Caulfield uh, and just see what those two can do together. And if that doesn't work, you put Caulfield with, with Suzuki or something. Like, it just it's it, it just makes a ton of sense. Like, Cooley, you could convince me to take Cooley at one, but, you know, and he's, he's flashier and more skilled and in the NHL might score more points, but I feel like Shane Wright's going to settle into the flow of an NHL game and participate a lot better, quicker than a guy like Cooley. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, and then there's other people who are telling themselves that Shane Wright is Connor McDavid and... He's not, and you're just setting yourself up, in my opinion, to likely be disappointed, but he's still going to be a really good hockey player. So, yeah, it's it's Shane Wright for me at one. Uh, there's a discussion for other players there, probably, I would say, but realistically speaking, and based on the situation Montreal is in, it just it makes a lot of sense. Do you think that the Nemich and Juracek debate is a waste of time, especially since they bring they look like they bring similar value to a team? Well, it depends on what your goals are in the debate. Because at the end of the day, you, you a, a team is going to be sitting in a situation where they have to pick one. And look, to me, it's pretty simple. One, do you want the player who has more projectable defensive qualities and and I would say a more creative toolkit offensively? Or do you want the better puck rushing defenseman? Like, would you rather have the hulking big dude with some skill? Like, would you rather have Mikhail Sergachev in D- David Juracek or a puck carrying defenseman who has defensive problems in Simon Nemich, who, who can, you know, transport the puck really effectively. Personally, I go with Juracek personally. Um, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not poo pooing on Nemich, but if your priorities are different, I can see why you would like Nemich more. Um, but I, I don't know. I've watched a lot of Simon Nemich. He's coming, his video is coming soon. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, I've got a lot to say about him. And with Juracek, I hopefully will be able to do a video by the end of the year now that he's back and playing and I can I can track those games. Uh, oh, and thank you for the compliment on the haircut. Yes, uh, again, Kronos Barbershop, Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Chris Barbarian, hello, sir. Uh, I I am doing pretty well. Uh, how does Lakaramaki's overall game compare to Alexander Holtz's? So I don't, I don't think Lakaramaki has the straight line speed that Holtz had. Um, the overall intensity in his game, he, he kind of doesn't really have that, what Holtz had. Their shot quality, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're pretty similar shooters, I would say. Uh, Lakaramaki's release is just remarkable, and his pre-shot skill is great. Uh, so was Holtz's. I think Lakaramaki's pre-shot skill is better than Holtz's, but Holtz's shot quality is probably on par. Uh, Lakaramaki doesn't really have the sort of two-way intensity that Holtz has or Holtz had when I watched him in junior, but it's funny. Like their shot differentials were pretty similar. Their shot tendencies were pretty similar. Um, and they, I feel like they'll both have relatively similar career trajectories. I think you'll get maybe a bit more of a 200 foot game based on the speed that Holtz has out of him than Lakaramaki. But I think Lakaramaki has all the scoring upside that you could want. Um, but but it's just a matter of who are you going to surround him with because I feel like he's going to need players to play with. Uh, Finley Sherritt, hello. Do you look at Liga players and puck tra- Liga's player and puck tracking system? I've seen it here and there, not a ton. Does Yuri Slavkovsky and Brad Lambert each having thirty-eight kilometer-hour top speeds meaning in anything to you? Uh, no. I mean, it's fun. They're both pretty quick. I mean, Yuri Slavkovsky is one of these guys who is faster than he looks because of how big he is. Uh, for sure. 
Um, but Lamb, I mean, I'm not surprised about Lambert whatsoever. I don't know. It's but like speed is one thing, but it's how you use it that's the bigger thing to me. Um, thoughts on the 2023 draft? Is there anyone who's caught your eye for 2023? Uh, yeah. I mean, Alex Stiernik is kind of a guy no one's talking about that I've really liked. Uh, I think he's a rock star. Um, but uh, thoughts on the 2023 draft? I mean, I think it'll be a bit better than this one. I mean, there's at least two players at the top end that I would take over Shane Wright a hundred times out of a hundred in Fantillion Bedard. Leo Carlson has been great everywhere he's played. Uh, but we'll see on him. Um, but I'm not also not getting too excited. I, I, I always refrain, uh, a year out from the draft to, from an upcoming draft to get too crazy. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I would say Alex Siernik is the guy that's kind of not spoken about a whole lot that I've really liked when I've seen him this year. So yeah, that's it. Uh, have you come across Gavin McKenna and watched, uh, watched it all during the season? If so, was he good? Uh, nope. Um, what's his name? Gavin. All right. He's on the list. I'll check him out. Oh my goodness. Okay. He's a 14 year old man playing under 18. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, no. Oh, right. This is the kid that went first overall, uh, today. Yeah. To medicine hat. Yeah. Um, 14 year old kid playing uh, from Whitehorse playing at the rink hockey Academy in Kelowna. Yeah, no, I have not seen him play. Uh, I have not. Um, uh, would you trade right for Dubois? No, uh, I'm taking the kid. Montreal is young. Like they're going to be going young. Montreal has no reason to go out and get a veteran center with a guy that for a guy like Shane Wright is going to step right in. He's going to play, you know, you know, I don't know. Dubois has worn out his welcome. If he's worn out his welcome in Winnipeg after wearing out his welcome in Columbus, then why would you take on the risk and trade what could be uh, a, a really, really, really good forward? Like, you might end up with the same player, same type of player in Shane Wright at the end of the day, but he's at least young, and and uh, and you've got a lot of runway to work with with Wright uh, on a team that can they can all grow together uh, and, and, and grow old together, as they say. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't do it. Uh, thoughts on Casper Kulanumi? Um... One of the more interesting Finnish defensemen this year, but that's not saying a whole lot. He's He's got some skill. He's a confident puck carrier, but I don't know how much it translates. Uh, I like Kulanumi. Like, he's he's shifty, offensive-leaning for sure. Um, he's maybe a guy you draft in the mid to late rounds. Like, I'm not, I'm not super thrilled about his game and potential, but you see flashes um, of some good stuff out of him, but... Nothing that really has blown my mind. It's just of de- of the finished defenseman at the U18s. I thought he was the best one, um, carrying pucks really well, making plays pretty well. Uh, you know, Aaron Kibihar, you played really well too. But I think Kulanumi just seemed a uh, a uh, you know more well rounded, I guess you could say. But that's understandable considering Kibihar, you is like five years old. Uh, Lane Hudson drop. Um, kinda not really. I mean, he's the thirty four on my list, which is higher than most people. Um, but yeah, what is wrong with Florida's power play in the playoffs? I couldn't tell you. I haven't been watching that much recently. Um, you've talked about the possibility Russian players could have agreements with NHL teams before the draft. Do you think we'll know about the deals as they're drafted or much later? Well, I don't know. It's, this is, it's kind of, we're kind of in like unprecedented times, right? Like we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen if anything. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I would be reaching out. Like, especially, like, the the name I keep bringing up is Dan Milstein. 
like he's he again has been very very vocal about what's going on in russia because he i, I believe he is ukrainian um and he is justifiably pissed off and he has a lot of russian clients and we're seeing i like i don't know maybe this is just anecdotal but we've seen a lot i feel like more than usual we've seen a lot of russians leaving the khl and coming over young players older players like we're seeing that happening and i get the feeling i get the feeling that that if you're on the phone with dan milstein and you're like hey we really like gleb trikazov what's the deal like what's happening here you know dan milstein's not going to be on the other side and be like yeah gleb wants to stay in 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 russia like me dan milstein is advising him to stay in russia that doesn't check out to me that doesn't make sense you know, like if your job as an agent is to do what's best for the player, you either, at this situation, like it might even in Dan Milstein's mind be a liability that he works and represents Russian players. So it might be like put up or shut up and he might either be keeping them as clients or sending them off to some other agency in Russia because he doesn't want to deal with them. But I doubt that that's the case. Um, but my understanding would be, I mean, if, if I were an NHL team, I would have, have him on the phone and be like, Hey, what are you, what are you thinking with these guys? Like, what's the deal? And you know, who knows, maybe some teams don't even call them because they're like, Oh, they would never, they're never coming over. Um, but I imagine like, I feel like we, what we would see pretty quickly is who's coming to rookie camps. Like if we see a Gleb Trikazov drafted 27th overall, and then he straight right away is coming to North America for a rookie camp to participate in it. Uh, I get the feeling that, 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 cause usually Russian players, by the time those rookie camps happen, they're in KHL preseason or they're in KHL training camps and they don't, their teams don't let them come over. So I feel like if that happens, you might note that there might be a couple of guys where NHL teams might go, why don't you think about staying? Like, well, you got, you know, let's say you're Toronto, but you, the Marlies are in Toronto and we can like hook you up and like, how about that? You know, it's, it's a multicultural city, like blah, 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 maybe. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other cities that could make that argument, but it's, it's a thought. Um, but I think in, in terms of contract stuff, that would probably come later, but I feel like rookie camps would be when you would kind of be able to put two and two together. Thoughts on how the, oh geez, thoughts on how the Leafs performed in the playoffs. Oh God. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'm from Toronto, born and raised. Like you can put two and two together. I've been watching the Toronto Maple Leafs since I was f- five. 1996, 1995, that era of hockey. That's the first year I owned a, a paper NHL yearbook. I don't know if I still have it. I think I threw them out, but I, I definitely remember that was the first year I had one. Um, people are losing their minds. It's, it is what, it is like borderline. I've been avoiding social media on purpose because the brain worms going around, like there's a pandemic of monkey pox going around and brain worms and COVID like it's wild. Um, people it's, it's amazing how quickly people turn on a dime to go from this team is a wagon. This time it's different. This team is loaded. This team is playing really well. They can beat Tampa. They can do it. They can do it. They can do it. They almost win. They, they, they dominate another game six overtime and one bounce goes, goes against them and the game's over. And then they, they, I mean, I don't know game seven, that was a really good game of hockey. Both of those teams played really well. I, I again, I feel like Toronto, the, the 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 crux to me of what Toronto does wrong, and this is just anecdotal because it's hard to show in data. But I really get the feeling 
that once they get their backs against the wall, they they go into what I call shinny mode, where they they're they're their their best players have been superstars their entire lives. They've never been challenged like in the NHL. They've never been challenged. And oh, there goes Steven Stamkos. That's too bad. Um, and and so when their backs against the wall. They're looking for those high expected goals chances. They're looking for those cross seam passes. They're taking that extra half second, extra second, that extra moment to delay again and try to find that better chance. And that's easily counterable if you're a team that's smart like Tampa, where you just collapse in deep, protect Vasilevsky, and just clog up the middle of the ice. And they and Toronto will stick to the perimeter, 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 and and they can't get anything through, but they keep trying to just perimeter, 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 and then cross-seam pass. And and I noticed that they were doing that in the, down the stretch of that game seven. And and yeah, it's it was just very strange. Um, but look, th- in terms of drastic changes, and it, it, it also it's also blowing my mind that people it's blowing my mind that people are saying that this will be the last year for Kyle Dubas. This is it. This is his last year. It's been I believe he's been general manager. Let me Google it. When was when was Kyle Dubas hired? When was Kyle Dubas made general manager? It has been four years. It, it May eleventh, twenty eighteen. It's been four years. I don't have it in front of me, but the number of general managers who have been around longer than that with teams that have also not had a whole lot of success in terms of like real tangible success, like. Yes, Toronto hasn't been past the first round, but they're not a bad hockey team. Like they they just they've iced this is probably the best Leafs roster that I have seen in my lifetime. Like, and that's because of Kyle Dubas. Like, that's this is what he has done. It's tough to manage this team right now. It's the it's it's not easy, but it's not easy because they have really, really, really good players locked up to big money contracts. You can say what you want about John Tavares, and like it's frustrating that the team has not gotten through the first round and like it's they're cursed and embarrassing, but I don't know, like any move they make will make them worse. So I get the feeling that they're fine. You come back, you, you know what you're capable of. You come back, you see what you see, what you can do in free agency to be like cost effective. Rodion Amirov's cancer sucks. Like that guy could have probably helped them in the playoffs as soon as this year. He he probably won't be on the team next year. Um, I don't know. But in terms of how they performed, there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong. They played really hard. The Tampa Bay Lightning are really, really, really freaking good. Uh, the window's open for them. And, you know, look, a whole bunch of stuff was kind of working against them, and that's not really an excuse. But I don't know what people are expecting. You know, like all the times Toronto fans have been like, they need to do this. They need to do this. They need to do this. Usually they do go out and do it. They, they got ties. They got TJ Brody at under $5 million a year. They got, they went out and acquired Mark Giordano that Timothy Liljegren has become a top four defenseman in my opinion, over the course of this season. Like all of these things have happened. They got a new coach. They got rid of the old coach. They got Wayne Simmons. They got Kyle Clifford back. They have Jason Spezza for a veteran guy. Like they've done all of these things that people want. And now it's like, no, 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 not like that. But this other, they they should do this other stuff that I can't articulate. I don't know. It just sounds like people who are salty and their diapers are full. 
and it's very hilarious to just sort of sit back and go what the hell is happening but enough about that because uh it's it's been said a billion times uh why did some of the track players this week fall our eyes kind of went over that already it's a while out but based on the team's rosters now and their statuses where would you want bedard Michkov, and fantilli to be drafted to to have the most fun outcome for that player uh connor bedard um connor bedard interesting it's a it's an interesting question i would love to see connor bedard in like la uh, just give them a rock star superstar up the middle. I'd love that. Him and Byfield down the middle down for the for a while. Michkov with like the Rangers or something would be a lot of fun. Just like a goal scorer. Him with Artemi Panarin. Like, come on. Uh, Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli in San Jose would be great. Like just gluing together all of the skill guys they've drafted and all the high pace guys they've drafted and and just put Fantilli on top. I would love that. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, da, 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 da. Who are some players you could see dropping to sixteen? The Sabers should run up to the pony and be happy they fell. P.S. Love your channel. Uh, thank you. Um, I mean, if Brad Lambert's there at sixteen, I'd be pretty excited to draft him. Uh, someone like I mean, trying to think of who realistically could be like Matthew Savoy at sixteen would be a good bet. Even if it, even if he doesn't hit a ceiling, he's a probably a pretty good idea at sixteen. Um, like Karamaki at 16, I'd be pretty excited about, even though I have him ranked at 17 or yeah, 17. Um, yeah, Stamkos is back. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also, it's also really hard to tell because we're so, we're, we're, we're not at the draft and I feel like something's going to surprise people. Uh, do you watch F1? Heck yeah, I do. Um, watching, uh, I'm going to the race, the Canadian Grand Prix actually next month. Which player has the highest potential, even the floor, even though the floor might be small? Uh, I mean, Matthew Savoy, probably. Um, that reminds me, Elias Lindholm may be a comparison for Cooley. Maybe. I mean, Lindholm is big, and Cooley is certainly not. Uh, I mean, Cooley kind of reminds me of, like, Clayton Keller, in a way. And, and I think that that's somewhat reasonable. Um, what do you thought of Lafreniere and Kako's performance in the playoffs? Finally showing promise. Yeah, I thought Lafreniere's looked great. I can't say I've noticed Kako a whole lot, but I thought Lafreniere is certainly starting to look a lot more comfortable, uh, and, and a lot more confident, I think. Um, I haven't seen any of the Rangers series in the second round yet, um, but I did watch every game in the first round, uh, and definitely noticed Lafreniere, Lafreniere quite a bit. Uh, where would you take Wright in 2021 first? Uh, he's number one on my board, and I I would probably take him first. Um, you should watch the live streams of the great guys games of NSA, NSIHLA games on YouTube. It's inline hockey and Bedard plays for them. I have seen that, actually, and yes, uh, he is bananas in that league. And I, I mean, I would love to play some roller hockey. I play ball hockey, but I think that's hard on my ankles and knees. So I feel like roller hockey is in my future, in my 30s. Uh, just got to find enough people to play with, uh, out in these parts. Uh, who's the best right D behind Juracek and Nemec? I mean, for me, it's Seamus Casey. I think he's, I think he's, a, see, I never remember. Um, but for me, I think it's Seamus Casey. Yeah, he's a right-hand defenseman. So we'll go with Seamus Casey. Even if it's risky, that's the guy I think I put up there. Uh, if this year's NHL draft is playing Survivor, who do you think would win? Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, I lost the last of the question. Who would be the best at who would be the best at challenges, and who would be the idol or blindside king? 
Um, okay. So who do I think would win? Hmm. It's hard because so much depends on personality. I'm not super familiar with a lot of these personalities. Who would win challenges? I'm going to go with David Yurichek, I feel like, would win challenges. Who would be the idler blindside king? I feel like Brad Lambert would bring, like, a Russell Hance vibe to the game and just run around and, and be like, well, I don't really care what people think. I'm just going to go out and find idols and search and just play chaos mode, but that'd be that'd be kind of fun. Um, who would win, though? I don't know. David Yurichek probably goes deep because he's big and strong. Who does he bring with him? I don't know. It's a good question, but I don't I don't really know the answer. Um thoughts on Dylan Peterson. Uh ooh. Dylan Peterson's a name I haven't really thought about in a long time. Um I always liked him. He was big and skilled and, you know, still is. Uh, slowly getting a little bit better in the NCAA, but he does have a bit of a ways to go. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of him with BU, though, to be perfectly honest. So I can't really give you that good of an answer. If you wanted a center, would you select Noah Oslin top 10? Uh, probably not, because I feel like you could trade back and get him. Like, I get the feeling it's more likely Oslin goes, like, in the 40s than in the ten than in top 10. Uh, can we see Wright's data? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me just get it up for you here. That phrasing, wrong, 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 wrong. Shane Wright. This guy, that's his name. So, I mean, like again, Shane Wright's data all around is pretty good. Uh, really efficient offensive transition numbers. Gets shots from in close better than most players that I've tracked. Um, makes plays as well, better than a lot of guys I've tracked. His offensive threat is pretty close to 30, which is great. Um, his defensive game is mixed, I would say, at best. But uh, when the puck is on his stick, I don't know. There's not many other guys I'd want in this draft. Shot assist numbers are pretty low, but I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. He's, he, he, he can see where he's, you can see where his head is going. Um which highly ranked player not named Lambert Falls? Probably Matthew Savoy. For me, skating is the tiebreaker for later first rounders. Is there anyone who's a tier above in your 20 to 30 range? I mean, I would say in my 20 to 30 range, uh, 20 to 30 for skating purely. Jagger Furcus, um, Jagger Furcus, Pavel Mintyukov, in a sense, Marco Casper. Owen Pickering, something, some, something like that. That that group, I would say. Uh, what is Hovlet's potential? I could see Hovlet being like a at his best, like second pair offensive defenseman, like a guy who has a good shot from the point, some skill, can break out the puck pretty effect effectively. He might have some defensive holes, but second or third pair guy, I think, is reasonable. Is getting 50, 50, 50 and 50 in the WHL more impressive than 50 and 50 in the Q? I mean, I would, I would think so based on what I've seen of both leagues. Uh, love the videos. Thank you very much. Um, imagine Lambert paired with Hughes. Yeah, that would be a heck of a lot of fun, but I don't think Lambert's going number two. Um, 
Wiseblad or Neighbors? Uh, ooh, I go with Wiseblad, but Neighbors isn't too far behind. I was too harsh on Neighbors uh, for sure, and I, I, looking back, I liked him more than I had than I had him ranked. But I was listening to other people. Um, will Wiseblad's other, uh, will Wiseblad's brother get drafted? I don't have him ranked. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go undrafted, but uh, who knows? CHL guys always get the the benefit of the doubt. It seems. If you were the Sabres, who were who are some of the RFAs you would use one of your first round picks for? Who are some RFAs you would use one of your first round picks for? Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Because um, if you're talking like an offer sheet, that's Buffalo's first round pick, uh, which I don't think they want to give up. Um, but if I'm trading for an RFA... Uh, that's a, that, if I, if it's like first round pick for RFA, that's an interesting thought. And I feel like Buffalo is in a situation to do that. Um, I'm just pulling up cap friendly's list of restricted free agents that are coming up. Uh, I mean, and I'm also trying to think of like who would be likely to go somewhere like Kevin Fiala comes to mind. Um, like I don't know who else you could pry away. Adrian Kempe, but I don't think you're going to pry him away from 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 the Kings. You're not getting Mangiapane. You're not getting Besser. You're not going to get Dobson. Um, you know, Jack Roslevic. No, you're not going to get him. Like, could you pry away Jesse Puglia-Yarvi, right? Like, that's kind of a player where I feel like maybe that's the level you have to get to 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 to, to, to realistically land someone like that. Because I don't think a lot of these guys are going to go anywhere, especially if what they're getting in return is a first-round pick. Like, would I trade Jesse Pugliarvi if I'm Edmonton for a first-round pick and not have to negotiate a contract with him? If I already am not super high on him as a player, then sure. But I get the feeling that Edmonton, again, wants to keep him. Uh, Arturi Lekkonen, can Colorado keep him? Can you trade? Because I would trade a first-round pick for Lekkonen. Uh I don't know. <laughs> Nick Blankenberg is, a, is an RFA. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. Uh, Captain Planet. Oh, thank you very much for helping us save our planet, Captain. Ah. Uh, who should the Canucks draft at 15? I don't know. Um, someone that is not drafted after 14 picks. Uh, no, but seriously. Um... I mean, I would expect someone like Korchinski to be on the list there. If Frank Nazer is available, I would be interested in him in Vancouver. Liam Ugren uh, would be another interesting one. I doubt Lakaramaki is available there, but that would be another name I'd keep an eye on. Um, that, that also would be a lot of fun. Forgive me if this is a dumb question. Well, I won't forgive you, but that's okay. What's preventing Juracek from becoming the next Rasmus Ristolainen? That's the billion-dollar question, isn't it? Um, because right now I do see in Juracek a lot of what makes Ristolainen so troubling. However, uh, Juracek, I mean, Ristolainen was rushed into the NHL, just plowed into the NHL, like right away. Um, Juracek, you know, I, I certainly would not do that. And I feel like there's a bit of a ways to go for him to hit his ceiling, but, uh, what's preventing him from becoming the next Ristolainen? I think, I mean, I don't know. It's it, If you put him in the NHL right away, I feel like they're on a similar trajectory because Juracek is a physical guy who loses a ton of battles defensively. He tries to get involved but loses. Not a great rush defender. Um, really poor puck breakout guy as well at times. But 
you know, you, you see the potential of his game and how physical he can be. Um, it's just, it's just a matter of time and development. Uh, Scott, hello. Uh, thanks for working with me on the Lambert report or on Lambert. Yep. I sent you who's next right now, right now, who'd be your best fit for the Islanders? Marco Casper is the guy who jumped immediately to mind as a guy that I thought would make a good Islander. Like they love guys like that where they're just really well-rounded in a way. Like they got size and, and they can play and they can score guys like Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. Um, and you know what? Like Marco Casper, based on where the Islanders are drafting, it might be a little high, but that could be a lot of fun for them to add. I don't think they need to add more defensemen, but you never know. Um, someone, I mean, it also depends because things are kind of changing in Islanders land. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, someone like a Jonathan LeCaramaki by some chance is there and he could be an interesting pickup for, for them. You know, Barzal and LeCaramaki working together could be fun down the road, uh, if that's what the Islanders want to do. Um, but the name that immediately jumped to my mind when thinking about this was, was Marco Casper. Uh, how come some people aren't expecting much offense when he's putting up good numbers in the SHL? Because the the way that Casper generates offense is just very basic. He's not he's he's getting to the net, you know he's he's getting to the net and cramming in rebounds and and you know it's more it's much more based around shot first hockey rather than playmaking to generate assists. It's just a matter of like what's sustainable and how often is he going to get the chance to bang in rebounds in the NHL. We'll see what happens, but like that it's just more that his offensive toolkit is somewhat limited. But it's but what he does is it's possible to generate offense that way because, you know, if you tip a puck in front of the net because you're capable of being strong enough to stand there in the uh, SHL, then yeah, you're going to score some goals uh, if that's what your job is. But for a lot of young players, it's not usually their job to do that. So Casper kind of has a bit of a leg up, but he's also a bigger, stronger guy. Will he be drafted a lot higher? Sure, um, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. But I mean, he will probably be drafted higher. But in terms of real huge high end upside, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see a ton of it there. But I see a player that will play in the NHL for for sure. Um. Did you see the numbers from TNT and ESPN on the visualization viewership of the playoffs so far? Looks good. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I don't doubt it. The first round was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Lambert to the Islanders at 13. I mean, that's the easy call because his uncle's coaching the team now, but that would be a silly reason to draft the player. Uh, and if I'm the coach of the Islanders, I'm going, look, I'm staying out of this. Like, I'll tell you what I know about him. I'll be as unbiased as I can, but if you want him, you want him. If you don't, don't draft him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Moldenauer is shooting unsustainably well right now, so I've been generally lower on him. Have you any thoughts on his game? I'm not super high on Moldenauer. I mean, I think he's worth drafting. Um, you know, he's smart, moves the puck well, but yeah, it's a lot. Some of his game is pretty unsustainable, I think. Um, but he's a good player. Uh, just, yeah, I, I haven't been super high on Moldenauer. My, my, my second game of him wasn't as good. And at the U18s, I was really hoping that he would take a step and grab the reins a little bit, but Canada really struggled. Uh, Ottawa at seven. Who did they take? Um, who are they going to take? Okay. I'll give you two answers. One is who I think they should take. Uh, and two is who they like an off the board guy. No one's thinking about because Ottawa does that, uh, that they might, that they might go for. Uh, I'm going to put Luca Del Belbelouz down as the second option. Just make a huge reach, go for Del Belbelouz. Uh, 
uh, go for the big guy with skill and, and, and shock the world. But I mean, if it were me, I mean, if, if somehow Logan Cooley is there, he's obviously the easy answer. I feel like Liam Ugren or, or Frank Nazer could be a good Senator based on what they're looking for. Um, Pavel Mintyukov, something up, up that alley. How does Dylan Griffin have Nemec at 11 and Lakaramaki late 20s? You'll have to ask him. Um, I don't know. I know he sees a lot of the same issues in Savoy or in uh, Nemec as I do. And Lakaramaki, like, I've seen issues with Jonathan Lakaramaki. Like, he's... Lakaramaki is a fantastic shooter, but there's a lot more to the game of hockey than shooting hockey pucks. And Lakaramaki is a work in progress. Like, he's not done yet. Um, I can un absolutely understand why some people would value his traits as high as top 10. I could see why some people might go, ah, he's maybe a mid to late first round pick. Like he's 17 for me. Um, I don't know, but you can ask Dylan yourself. Thoughts on Jordan Dumais. Is he rated so low because of his size and strength of competition? Uh, he's rated so low because he's playing with two of the best QMJHL players in the league right now. Uh, two of the best. I mean, I don't know. Dumais, if you, if you dig a little deeper in his production data, which we can do. Um, so looking at Jordan Dumais. So, so yeah, so if you look at Jordan Dumais, he's had primary points on, so at even strength when a goal is scored, he's getting primary points 57% of the time, 58% of the time. That is pretty run-of-the-mill to below average for a high-level scoring player in, 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 in any junior league. Usually around 65% is really notable for me in that metric. 84, 83% of the time he's getting a point of some kind. So that to me indicates that 26% of the time when a goal scored on the even, on the, at even strength, it's Dumais with a secondary assist, which to me is indic indicative that he's not really driving the bus to put the puck in the net, right? Like he's not really doing that. So that's your first clue. Um, Here's, uh, what else is going on? What else is going on here? I've done this before. Uh, when he's on the ice, he's a net negative in terms of... He, he's his, he's a net negative defensive player relative to when he's on, not on the ice. Um, and there's a metric I track in this full tracker where it's the player's IPP, which is primary... Is it primary points? No. So his IPP, which is just the, num the percentage of even strength goals where they got a point uh, that are scored when they're on the ice multiplied by their team's rate of goals four per 60. What a save. Oh my God. Sergei Bobrovsky should have ripped in half there. His groin should have just ripped itself in half. That's unbelievable. What a save. Um, and his number there is 2.75. And there are a lot of players that are a lot higher than that. Like Lane Hudson is higher than that. And he's a defenseman. Connor Geeky, 3.05. Uh, Cutter Goche, 3.25. Jonathan LeCaramaki is almost at 3. Noah Oslin, 3.2. Matthew Savoy, 3.3. Gleb Trikazov, 2.96. Logan Cooley, 3.3. So it's very, like, a lot of things for him are just very pedestrian. Uh, when you look a little bit past, like, there's a lot of power play production. There's a lot of even strength secondary assists. And his teammate, his line mates are really, really good. I think he's draftable. He's worth drafting. But you look at his points, and it's 109 points, which is great. Um, but I get the feeling there's a lot more going on there, uh, than, than what me, than, than, than what is there on paper. 
DeGerdner, hello. I wonder why you have my boy Odelia solo. I feel like he's a unicorn on the bounty of offensive offensemen. Uh, not flashy, but everything I'm looking for in the defenseman. He's fine. Like, he's good. Um, but the defensive game for me is really hit or miss. There are some really bad moments for him that happen a lot, especially along the boards. Um, bites off a little more than he can chew, trying to evade pressure. Um, but I, again, he's at, at his best. Like if we're ignoring all the bad stuff when watching defensemen, when they're really good in this year's draft, he's up near the top. Like there's no doubt. Um, it's just a matter of the good and the bad and how they interact. And I think he's more of a late first, early second kind of guy. What are your thoughts on Vincent's Roarer? I'm trying to find a player that will be available in the late second that the Canes could possibly be interested in. I was not really over the moon with Roarer when I saw him in the game I tracked. He put up good offensive numbers, like, but that's about it. And I know that might be the only thing that matters to some people, but I did not think it was very projectable. Like, he's not very quick. He's not very agile. He's got good hands, but you can only get your hands can only take you so far. Um, I don't know. I I didn't see much there. Uh but I'll, I'll do some more before the end of the year, but he's unranked on my list. Uh, he'll get drafted, but I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't like, if you're looking at late second round, like if he's there, Adam Sakura, similar age, but much better in my opinion. And I feel like you can do a lot better with that pick. So Adam Sakura is probably the better option if you want late second round, maybe kind of thing that the Canes might be interested in. Which high school defenseman had a better prospect, was a better prospect in the draft here? Sam Renzel or Scott Morrow? Oh, Scott Morrow. Uh, Scott Morrow for sure. Sam Renzel is, is, is really good, but Scott Morrow is, was a, was a video game character in high school for sure. Who do you think the Sabres will get with both their picks? Oh, geez. I don't, I don't know. Um, I have a mock draft that'll come out in relative, relatively soon, hopefully. Um, next, next week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really have an answer for you. Because it's it's very early. It's too early to tell. If Buffalo wanted Geeky and Lambert with picks 9 and 16, who do you take first? You take Geeky because he'll probably be gone by 16. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's more, again, people are like, you can listen to me all you want. That's cool. I've got Brad Lambert at 2, and I've been talking about how good he is. But I am like one of the very few people who think that, uh, that he's worth drafting super high it's more likely that Brad Lambert will be available with Buffalo's second round pick than it is. You would need to pick him with 16. Like I think in realistic terms, he's probably going to slide and you know, you could trade down from 16, I guess is what I'm saying and, and still pick him. What do you think of Maverick Lamaru? Uh, not a fan. I I've watched him a bunch of times this year. And the only reason I would draft him is because he's a, uh, what if, what if it works? What if he's good? Because he's not. He's not. He's not. He's right now. He's not. Um, he's six eight. There's that. Um, but every time I've watched him, I'm going. This guy is an active detriment to his team, and I I don't know. I I get it. Like he can shoot. He's pretty mobile, but the results are terrible. And I just keep wanting to see something good out of him. And I don't know, I, like it's one of these things where I track them and I know what I'm thinking going in and I just am not a, not a fan. Um, the wild may trade Fiala to Ottawa in a package with the seventh pick. Well, who's a good match for them if that happens? Ooh, for Ottawa or Minnesota? So if Minnesota lands the seventh overall pick, uh, Minnesota with Brad Lambert would be a lot of fun. Uh, that'd be a ton of fun. Um... Hmm. K 
Kevin Korczynski could be fun there. That'd be a bit of a reach at seven, but I could see it. Uh, use that seventh round pick and trade down. <laughs> Maybe that would be on my mind too. Uh, Oslin versus Ugarin. How's the, who's the safest bet? Oh, that's Liam Ugarin, 100%. Who has the highest upside? Uh, Liam, uh, I'd say Oslin. I, I think Ugarin is an NHL player in my view. Uh, it's not, I don't think that's a stretch. Whereas Osland, he'll either work or he really won't. Uh, so yeah. If you were the Sens, would you package the seventh pick in a trade for someone like Fiala, Keller, or Besser, or would you stand pat and pick someone like Kamel? Uh, if I'm the Ottawa Senators and I get the chance to add a point per game player in Kevin Fiala or steal Clayton Keller or get Brock Besser, I mean, I would, I would certainly lean Fiala or Keller first. I know Keller has been quite hurt as well, but um, I, I would certainly look that direction first before Brock Besser, but I'd take either of them. I mean, with the seventh round, with the seventh overall pick this year, you're kind of hoping that you get a player that is kind of Fiala level. Um, it depends on what else is going with number seven to, to get Fiala, but I don't imagine it would be too much more because the Sens aren't really in a position to trade a lot of pieces. Um, maybe, but I doubt it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I I would I would do it because you're getting a sure bet with that. Like you know what you're getting, and Fiala and Keller are still pretty young. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I think that the Ottawa Senators can can afford to forego, uh, another top pick in order to sort of get better now and and get better with players who are objectively good, like the ones you mentioned. Fair to say, maybe like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins for right or a Nico Heischer, or are we talking like an Aho? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, Nugent Hopkins comes to mind. Um, I think Nugent Hopkins was a bit more sort of a high-paced skill guy, but, you know, yeah, maybe you're looking at a bit of a Nico Heischer-style brand-ish. I, I, yeah, but, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, My God, there's a, I gotta, I gotta get through these quick here. It's falling behind. I don't know anything about Gleb Trikasov. What's the best part of his game? Stay tuned. Maybe maybe you'll find out in within a week. Maybe. I don't know. If you catch what I'm saying, um, Tyler. So I'll save it. I'll save it because you know what's coming. Uh, you wouldn't take Michkov over right. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You need, one... I get the feeling that SKA St. Petersburg, no matter what happens in Russia, is going to move heaven, earth, middle earth, the Shire, Mordor, uh, Tatooine, uh, 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 Andoria, Vulcan, whatever land mass they can get a hold of, they're going to move it in order to make Matvey Michkov the Russian superstar that is the golden boy over there. I, I just... I don't know. If I were SKA St. Petersburg, that's what I would do. I would just have wheelbarrows full of rubles. Or, hey, you want us to pay you in U.S. dollars? Because we'll pay you in U.S. dollars if it means you stay in the KHL. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm a little nuts. Well, I am, but maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. I also look at those two players. Like, I did a report on Michkov with the McKean's video team in uh, November or December. Look, I like Matt V. Michkov. He's a great scorer, but I think Shane Wright is a smarter player. I think he's, you know, he's not as gifted in terms of goal scoring or skill. 
Oh, that kid's so sad. Oh my god. What a brutal way to lose this game. Yikes. That's too bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like at this point it would be close, but we're still a year out. I don't know. Uh, does Jeremy Wilmer have a chance to appear on the scouting list? So he is ranked. He's on my watch list, um, but he won't be any higher than that. Uh, but I won't be tracking him. Uh, I've just watched a lot of tape on him this year. Uh, any thoughts on Elmeri Loxo? I've seen him quite a bit. I don't have a ton of thoughts on him, to be honest. Uh, didn't think too much of him at the U18s. He's been fine when I've watched him. Don't have any data tracked. I don't think I will. Uh, but, I mean, I think he'll be drafted. I just, I don't think there's a ton going on there. Uh, Otto Salin is the Finnish defenseman. I might be a little more interested, as well as Kulanumi. You think Lakaramaki could be the Ducks pick at 10? I think it's entirely possible. If he's on the board, obviously seems like he'd perfectly fit on Zegers' wing and the Ducks have a history of drafting Swedes. You're not wrong. Uh, it would be entirely possible. Game over. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think Lakaramaki could be there at 10, and I feel like if he is, the Ducks could do worse. What will Cousins become at his peak? I don't know. I've never been a huge Dylan Cousins guy. Um, he had a good year, though. Uh, you know, maybe a, like a middle six center. Sure, I could see that. Like a really good third line center. Is there a lot of players in this draft you can see in the AHL in 2023? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Slavkovsky could jump over. Juracek could come, could flip over. Nemec, I'd be interested to see if he would flip over. Uh, Kamel. Um, but maybe after that, that's kind of where it might end. I'd want Ogren back in the SHL, probably. Nazer in the NCAA, uh, Korchinski in the WHL, obviously that would have to happen. Oslin for sure, no. Lakaramaki for sure, no. I'd send back to Sweden. So yeah, those ones. What do you think Shane Wright's ceiling is? Uh, a really, really good second line guy. Like a really good second line center. Like you, you, it would be really nice to have like a Steven Stamkos style player at center, just dominant uh, and, and a rock solid first line center. But... I think he'll fit in really nicely as, you know, either a 1A uh, or a, a 1A to Suzuki's 1B on, on Montreal for the next little while. But I also think that Suzuki, uh, or I think that, that Wright will be just be a, a good, a really good, Wright will be a really good sort of second line center that makes his wingers better um, and, and can finish himself. Jordan Gustafson or Matthew Semenov? I go with I go with Gustafson. I think Semenov is maybe a bit more projectable, but I think Gustafson has a lot of interesting tools that I certainly am interested in. Um, just his foot speed needs a bit of work. Uh, his agility needs a bit of work. But in terms of his skill level and shiftiness and creativity to get transitions done, it's really impressive. Semenov is a nice physical sort of off-puck guy. You know, I, I, I dig him, but not as high on him. Is Stamkos a Hockey Hall of Famer? I think he is. And he scored 60 when it wasn't cool to score 50. Um, I, I mean, it sucks because he's been injured so much. But just because he's been injured so much doesn't mean that, that it's, like, that bad. Um, it doesn't – I don't think that's a ding on the player's career. I think he belongs. I think he goes in the Hall of Fame. He's won awards. He's won Stanley Cups. Um, you know, he's clearly very well respected. Like, he's been a captain of the Stanley Cup winning team forever, even through not playing for them as much as he could. 
but I honestly think that I mean it's it's I think it's close, but I I would put him I would vote for him I think uh, personally. And last week someone mentioned Jumbo Joe, and I think I was wrong on that. I would I'd probably be voting for Joe Joe Thornton as well to go in the Hall of Fame, and I was kind of wishy washy on it. Um, yes, I'm wrong sometimes. Uh, hi, do you think that Mashar will go in the first round? Yes. Power forward at eight for Detroit. Uh, Connor Geeky maybe Frank Nazer, something like that. Um. Matejchuk versus Minchukov, highest upside. Who's the safest bet to make it? Minchukov is safer than Matejchuk for sure. Uh, I think Matejchuk has higher potential, but only on the right team. Minchukov, I think, is just the safer bet all around. Um, do you think Jet Wu and Yoni Yermo have top four NHL potential? No. I mean, Yermo, I want playing in the top four in the NHL. Uh, I don't think Jet Wu gets there, but Yermo potentially maybe, but I'm not holding my breath. Any thoughts on the Coyotes arena situation? Like with the logo at center ice and the ticket prices, just your overall thoughts. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting experiment. It's embarrassing for the league, but it could be kind of cool. Like the ticket prices have to be that because they have to, they have to make money. And you know what? Like, in a small arena, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say because we haven't seen what that will be like yet. Now, there was clarification on the logo issues, I think, that I saw where they didn't say... It was the, the, the thing about the logo, I think, the story was that they can't change what is there already. And then I think that the, the clarification was that both logos will be there. It's just that they can't switch from one to the other, right? Like, I feel like that was the problem. I could be wrong, but I think I saw that. Uh, so, and I, again, I don't really care, right? Like it's, it would be, I think it would be better for the Coyotes if they, you know, if they can't find an arena and the, and their only option is a college rank last minute, like, what do you say? Like it, it's so much, it's, it's, you know, there's plenty of other markets in the, in the, in the North, in North America that probably could at least make more money than the Coyotes, but that's not a decision for fans to make. That's a decision for ownership in the league to make. Clearly, ownership wants to try to make it work there, so they're trying. There are fans in Arizona. It's it's fewer season tickets to sell, and yes, they're pricey, but, I mean, if they make that team young and exciting and and built on f- speed and, and they kind of think outside the box a little bit, yeah, like, it could be something that people want to go to, and I believe that the arena is now more accessible. I don't know. My thoughts are, let's see what happens. Like, we can all make fun of it as much as we want. Let's see what happens. You know? Like, I don't think that's too controversial. It's like, it, the, for the league itself, it's kind of embarrassing. For sure. For sure. But they're trying it. Like, it's outside of the box. It's strange. It's embarrassing. But let's see how it goes. Let's see. It might, it might be the loudest arena in the entire league. For all we know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, should there be an award for the most improved player from the regular season to the, oh, m- m- from the regular season to the playoffs? Also, should there be more awards in the playoffs? No, I don't think there should be awards in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. Most valuable player of the, of the playoffs. Call it a day. Um, I like it that way. Um, I, I don't know. And that's also just more things for people to scream about if you add more awards. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think there should be a most improved player from one season to the next. I think that should exist. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like playoff MVP is, is enough. 
Who'd be the most fun with Zegris or McTavish? Well, someone just said Lakaramaki, and that would be kind of fun. Um, Frank Nazer. Uh, I mean, Gleb Trigazov taking shots from Trevor Zegris would be a lot of fun. Um, Joaquim Kamel taking shots fed to him from 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 Zegris. Uh, for with McTavish, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, any of those guys, like a finisher. Is Kako a bust? No. He's, what, 21? No. Um, did you see any Lucas Gustafson this year? Yes, I did. I, I spoke about him a little earlier in the show, actually. What was your impressions when watching Sid in the QMJHL? Uh, holy effing SH word. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be such a good NHL hockey player. Oh, my effing lord that's about it he was i remember watching news stories about him on sportsnet or on sports center on tsn when i was maybe 12 11 i think that that news report is still on youtube you can still find it. i remember watching that and just being like okay because i think it was right before he went in the qmjhl draft he was the first exceptional player or something and uh yeah he was pretty filthy um, how high is Marushnashenko getting drafted? Dude, I have no freaking idea. Like, do you have a random number generator in front of you? Because that's probably going to be more accurate than me. I mean, I feel like if he's there outside the first round, you you pick him. Like, I, di I did another game of him not too long ago. I think people were pooping on him a little too much, but he's still flawed. And, I mean, he was clearly battling lymphoma while playing for at least a little while. Uh, so there's that that factors in. But, yeah. I don't think he's going very high, but I feel like maybe late first, early second is a reasonable range. But, I don't know. But it's good to know that he is in remission. That's very good. Let's say Kulik gets drafted by the Ducks. What do you think of that pick? It's a reach, but I don't mind it. Uh, I love Yuri Kulik a lot. Um, you could turn him into a whole bunch of different things. Um, but, I, I don't know. It'd be a risky pick, but I wouldn't hate it. Uh, were you ever approached by an NHL team? Uh, well, I, I even if I was, I wouldn't probably be able to say so. Um, but no, no. Uh, I, uh, I mean, not, not as a, not as a, not as an employee. Um, it'd be nice, but no. Um, uh, I mean, I'm open to it. It'd be creative. It'd be different, but yeah, I'm open to it, but no, nothing, nothing serious. Um, or, you know, I can't even say nothing serious. Like, nothing has really come along. Um, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I'm uh, just going to keep doing my work and see what happens. There you go. Nice goal. Right on. Um, Kulik at 23 or 10? Uh, I mean, I would rather have Kulik at 23 and draft someone else at 10. That's pretty neat. Um... Is there any validity to size concerns for undersized skill defensemen, namely Gradian, Hudson, Casey, or do they play much bigger than their frame and it shouldn't affect projectability? So for the last two, I would say yes, it does affect their outlook. For Gradian, I don't think it does. Um, Hudson certainly will, it will hurt him. Casey, he's going to need to work on his skating for sure. But Gradian uh, is the one that I think is different than the rest of them, and that's why he's pretty close. Like, he's pretty close to Casey, uh, for me on my board, but I don't know. I, 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 I think of all those names, Gradinan's the one you're least worried about. 
thoughts on the potential of Connor Geeky becoming the best player from the draft? Some expert in Quebec said that recently. It's like, to me, it's like Maverick Lamaru. It's like, I can't say it's impossible, right? Like, I can't say it's impossible that the guy's going to work out. I can't say it's impossible that Connor Geeky just becomes a monster because I think it's possible. It's just that the skating will need to get better. Being able to hit a high speed will need to get better. Being able to control the puck at, at most speeds will need to get better. Being able to quarterback a rush will need to get better, at least in terms of playing against better competition. Uh, but, again, I, th- I think people have been really hard on him here and there, but he's not a flashy-looking guy that often, but he's projectable and he gets the job done, and I feel like it's possible that he really outperforms his draft slot. Um, but I think the most likely outcome is like a NHL player that plays up the middle, second or third line, probably th- a good third liner. Um especially with some development. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. Uh, did I see recruits latest ranking? No, I did not. I'll go look at it afterwards. Um, Oh, Uh, 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 um, how far do you think you would make it in Survivor? Ooh, that's a really good question. Actually, my partner and I talk about this all the time. Um, we, we talk about this all the time. Uh, she doesn't think she'd get very far. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't agree, but she doesn't think she would go very far. She thinks I would go really far. Uh, I don't think I, I, I think I'm trying to think of like a Survivor contestant that reminds me of myself, but like, I don't know. I'm pretty socially awkward with people. Um, I have a hard time with like direct eye contact and I know how that might make some people feel. Uh, I am, you know, I run a YouTube channel, but I'm quite shy. Uh, but I do like to think of myself as relatively strategic. And like, I know for a fact that I can pick up on social cues really well. Like I'm empathetic and I pick up on people's feelings and, and the, the, the aura in a room, I guess you could say. I also went to summer camp for a number of years, so I at least know the basic skills necessary to be on the show. Like, I can make a fire. Uh, I've done it with Flint as well. Uh, I could hunt. Like, I've caught fish before um, using, like, a net. I've, uh, I've, I've, you know, been out in the woods, I guess is what I'm saying. And I've done, I've done the camping life. I've, I've, I've gone out in the woods without a tent in camp for a while. Uh, so I've been around the block in that sense. So I'm not really afraid of that. Um, it's just a matter of the social side of things where I might be a little bit, a little bit sketchy. Uh, have you already talked about Kote? What's the verdict? I have not talked about Justin Kote. I want to like him. So I want to like him so bad. You know, he's skilled and a great shooter. Um, workhorse. He works hard. He's a hustler. I feel like he's going to score a ton of goals in the QMJHL for the next couple of years. Is it going to work in the NHL? Like, he kind of reminds me of Ty Ronning, you know, where Ty Ronning was one of these guys who scored and scored and scored and put up really good numbers, was really small, uh, shot the puck a ton, and scored a ton in junior, and then hasn't really worked out beyond that. So, Kote maybe is a late-round bet. You could make a gamble on him. Um, but he's not very – he's pretty flawed with how he gets the job done. Uh, and I just get the feeling that as a pro, it's going to be sketchy, but – He's on my watch list because I just love watching him play. Sharks draft Lambert. What do you think is the development plan over the next few years? Uh, well, I would seriously think about 
his uh his thoughts on coming to Saskatoon. Um, that would be step one. Um, see if he's open to that for at least a season. Beyond that, again, like a lot of the issues with Lambert to me are what surrounds him and the tactical systems that they play with. I sent this to my Discord server uh, a little while back, but like I saw, a, I was tracking, uh, what's his name? Adam Barris, uh, who's a Czech player playing in Finland, who I actually really liked at the U18s. And so I tracked a game of his playing on the Pelicans junior team and the Pelicans junior team did the exact same breakout that the Pelicans men team did, where they had five guys below the goal line lined up in a horizontal line and they broke the puck out in a flying lowercase L and it went nowhere. Like in what universe is that a good tactical system? And it Brad Lambert, the fast skilled, you know, intense player that he is, is parked at the far right of a lowercase L What's he going to do? Like he has no momentum and you're not allowing him to build any momentum and you barely even hit him with any passes anyway. So I don't know what that's going to do to help him. If you send him back there, I would, I would probably go, look, do you want to go to Saskatoon? Yes. Okay. No, maybe we can get you in the AHL maybe. And just go from there and play with the Barracuda with John McCarthy. Who's a young, young head coach seems to be well liked by the organization Young team, you got another, a bunch of other young, high-flying guys coming in, like Brandon Code, Daniel Gustia, and everything. That I, I would base what I'm basically saying is get him out of Finland. <laughs> That's basically what I'm saying. Um, am I wrong and stupid for seeing a lot of Keandre Miller and David Juracek? No, I think that's somewhat reasonable. I think Juracek is a worse puck carrier than Keandre Miller is, but I could see where you're coming from there. I've seen Korchinski at seventh overall. Do you think that's too high? Um. A little high, but it's not that high. Like, Korchinski's at 14 on my list, and, and this year is very fuzzy. And I get the feeling that, that he'll... Uh, him at 7, it would be a, it would be high, but if you want a defenseman, that's probably the one you get. And he's, and he's, he's pretty good. Do you see Forsberg going into free agency? If so, where do you see him going? I think he's going to free agency. I think, I think if I'm Philip Forsberg, again, all I can do is think about if I were him. And I've been a huge fan of Philip Forsberg for years. I love him. Uh, and, you know, like, I think he sees that the writing is kind of on the wall. Like, if I were his agent, I'd be like, look, let's let's just hit July. Let's hit, let's hit the deadline. Like, let's see what's out there. Don't sign an extension. Like, don't, don't bother telling them, like, may, maybe you could say to them like you have ideal places where you'd like to go for them to trade your rights so they can get something for you like you owe that to them sure but you don't have to sign with that team you know like let's get to let's get to the deadline see who comes to the table offering what and let's get you something interesting like i'm looking like let's look at cap friendly for a second because it is really interesting to see where he could go and he's a free agent uh where where i i i think it would be worth spending a lot of money on him and when you're looking at who has cap space for next season, um, oh, this doesn't really have next year yet. Uh, I wish you could see that. But I don't know. Let's just work from the bottom up. Like Nashville has the space to make it work. But like, what if, I mean, what if Seattle wants to bring him in like on a big money contract or uh, the Rangers have cap space? Where's that coming from? So the Rangers are losing like a lot. They're losing Vetrano, Cop, Strom. That's probably still not enough to make it make sense. Uh, yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, and you don't want to be spending... Yeah, no, that won't happen. Um, <laughs> San Jose would be fun, but I don't think that would be very smart. Uh, Philip Forsberg with the Devils could be really interesting. Lock him up there, but again, I don't know. Yeah, you've got to sign Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, but you're losing the P.K. Subban cap hit. You'll have $25 million in cap space, and I feel like New Jersey could be an interesting one. LA if they could afford it. Uh let's see if they even can. Maybe LA will have 20.6 million dollars in cap space next year and they're only they have to re-sign Kempe and that's kind of it. Like Edler, Mata, Stetcher. I mean maybe you keep Stetcher but he won't be that much more than 1.7 million dollars. Uh Sean Dursey needs a contract, Mikey Anderson. They could make they could make Philip Forsberg work and I'd love to see Philip Forsberg in there on a long-term deal instead of a guy like Dustin Brown. If he, you know, if Dustin Brown's retiring not because I don't like Dustin Brown, but you know, if he, if he comes in and 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 takes up some of that cap space there, that'd be kind of interesting as well. Um that's just uh that's just a quick ones off the top of my head. Uh did you watch any of the BOA? I don't know what BOA last night. Uh any of the I don't know what that is. Uh, bowling on America. I don't know. Is there in their first NHL season on NHL on TNT has broken the all-time cable viewership record for the first round of the playoffs? Good. It was a great first round of the playoffs. Um, is there a video that explains your various statistical categories? Uh, yeah. Yes, there is, but it's kind of out of date. If you go on YouTube and search "scouch slang," it's there. Uh. That's kind of a general outline. But again, if you have any questions, just feel free to ask me or DM me on Twitter or whatever if you want to know. Uh, also, the uh, there's somewhere somewhere there's a glossary. I think on my website, actually. If you go to scouching.ca, uh, uh, if you go on scouching.ca, you are, um, uh, you'll see on there uh, under the bio and glossary section. There's both. Uh, thoughts on Jordan Dume? Kind of went over him earlier. Who is consistently outperforming the eye test with their metrics? Uh, Owen Beck, I would say. How do you project Slavkovsky at the NHL? When do you see him being NHL ready? Probably next year. Not this coming season, but the next one. I would say middle six possession winger. Like a like a, like a a better, I don't know, like Jesse Puglia-Yarvi kind of guy. Big, big, really good puck protector. Maybe not the best scorer, but a really just rock-solid all-around player, like physically and in terms of output. Um, can you tell us about Victor Nuchev? I kind of like him in the average team he plays in. I, I haven't seen Nuchev play in a little while, but, man, every time I watch him, I'm going, okay, he's just shooting the puck. He's he's getting the offensive zone and shooting the puck. He's got some agility, but he's just in there shooting pucks and, and getting rewarded for it. He's slowed down pretty significantly over the year. Um, the shooting percentage kind of dried up a bit. Um, I won't have him ranked, but he's a lot of fun to watch because, you know, I love little guys like that that run around shooting pucks all, all night. Uh, the Sabres have three firsts this year, so they can make high-risk picks, which makes me hope they take Lambert if he's there. Do you think they would take Ivan Moroshnashenko with Florida's pick? I don't think you take that much risk with your picks. I, I don't know. Moroshnashenko, like, he's had lymphoma. It's just risky. Uh, I mean, he's really young. Like, Moroshnashenko's a kid still. Uh, so it's not like he's finished, but it's risky. Um, the Sabres, I would think if he's there at their second round pick, then yeah, but I feel like you would take something 
uh, with more of a track record that you can write home about in the first round, especially if you're taking the chance on Lambert. Uh, Zach Benson thoughts. I love Zach Benson. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say about him. He's sick. He's gross. Uh, one of the more fun guys for 2023 that I've seen. And I felt he got better over the course of the year, but that's also expected for a 16 year old. Uh, thoughts on how Nemec and Yurichek have looked at the worlds. Honestly, I have not seen either of them yet. Uh, would you pick, who would you pick if you're Ronnie Francis? Probably Nemec. Um, but if Yurichek is available by some chance, then I would go with, with Yurichek. But I feel like Nemec is kind of a better fit. Puck transporter. Um, but, but Yurichek could be a, another, uh, either one is a good pick. I think I lean Yurichek, but Nemec might be more fun. Uh, Jaden Perron thoughts. Love him. Chicago sees a Chicago steel guy. Yeah. Big fan of Jaden Perron. Super excited to watch him next year for sure. Um, really exciting young little player. Ideal pick for the Islanders at 13. I, I said Marco Casper earlier, and I feel like Marco Casper would be a really interesting New York Islander personally. Um, who's going to be the most hated player out of this draft? Um, if Brady Stonehouse is drafted and makes it probably him, that guy loves to mix it up. Uh, beyond that, David Juracek, <laughs> I would hate it if I was playing against him, cross-checking me in the back. Uh, I, I remember early on Bixell, I was watching Bixell this week and there was a period where, uh, he was in the corner, stopped moving his feet, but instead you just saw him go whack, cross-check, bam. Bam. And he did it like four or five times. And if I was playing against him and it was like lower back cross checks, like that greasy kind of like lazy defense cross check that you're just like, this is really annoying and you want to spin around and punch him in a place that hurts. Uh, but you can't. Um, so those guys also come to mind. The Blackhawks have a few second rounders. Is there, are there any sleepers for them in the second round or will someone fall like Lambert who's a do not, who's on some do not draft lists? Someone's going to fall. I mean, both of those things can be true. Uh, you just got to trust the Blackhawks to actually make those draft picks. Who's the best center prospect the Wings can get at number eight? I mean, I would be interested in Matthew Savoy there. It's risky, but it would be a lot of fun. And I feel like him and Dylan Larkin could get along pretty well. Uh, beyond that, I mean, if you want to take a chance, Connor Geeky could be a good, interesting option there. Marco Casper could be an interesting one if it's a reach uh, that, that you might get there. Yuri Kulik could be an interesting one, but I, I don't know. That's, that, that's high to draft those guys. Like, if you want those guys, I feel like you could trade down a bit and get them. Dylan Cousins and Pierre-Luc Dubois have really good chemistry for Team Canada. Do you think they should trade Florida's first and maybe something else for them? I am not going to build my NHL team based off of world championship chemistry. Canada has only played, what, like four games? And I believe their opponents have been, well, they played Kazakhstan today. Uh, I don't know. I'm not judging anything off of the world championships, really, um, for that kind of thing. The, the world championships are not the NHL. Um, would Buffalo be better with Pierre-Luc Dubois on their team? Probably. Um, but is he, on the, is he on the market? Maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. That's not, that's not the rationale I would go with, personally. Um, if you were to take a goalie in the late rounds, who would you take? Uh, oh, I missed a couple of questions. Thoughts on Noah Warren and Caden Muir. I like Noah Warren. I do not like Caden Muir. I, th I do not think Caden Muir is the guy you draft. Noah Warren, you can draft. I feel like, I feel like whatever NHL team is going to shove him into the NHL and go, look, we drafted a guy in the third round and he's an NHL player and he's going to be an okay NHL defenseman. Um, like, I feel like Noah Warren, you could, you could, you could sign a guy like that in free agency. 
but I like him. I mean, he's he's a physical, mobile guy who's pretty much defense only. Um, pretty young as well, good size. He's 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 an okay pick. If he's a second round pick, might be a bit high for me. But like a third, fourth, fifth round pick, and you just want some sort of high, decent floor, low ceiling type thing. Sure, I I, I have time for that. He's no Sam Gerrard though, as I'm watching Sam Gerrard do his thing. That's that's a hoot nanny. Um. If you were going to take a goalie in the late rounds, who would you take? Uh, a goalie. Who would I take, he says. Uh, hmm. I guess Reed Dick. He seems to be fun. Maybe Tyler Blen- Brennan. Tyler Tyler Blennon. There was one that I found that was kind of interesting. I mean, Sergey Ivanov is always an option, but who knows with him and where he's going. I would love to see Lucas Swedeen get drafted. Um, like, look at what Dustin Wolf has been doing in his career. Uh, Lucas Swedeen is just a ton of fun to watch. Just a little barrel of a barrel of monkeys in net. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, do you think the Hughes's will be the best family? Uh, oh, which player in the 2022 draft, if any, scores the most points in the 2023 NHL playoffs? Nobody, because I don't think Montreal is going to make the playoffs, and Shane Wright's probably the only guy that I would have in the NHL all season long. Uh, do you think the Hugheses will be the best family in the NHL when their careers are done? They certainly won't be far back, but the Hulls, that is a family that had a pretty prolific career. Say what you will about them as people, they 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 had pretty good careers. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, considering Wayne Gretzky's brother played in the NHL, but Wayne Gretzky on his own is like the points leader by such a wide margin. Um, you know, the Gretzky family might also still be the best. <laughs> but the Hughes are right there, maybe. Not sure if he's tracked Andre Kuzmenko, but what would be the ideal role for him in the NHL? Ah, Andre Kuzmenko. Yes. Uh, I have seen, I've watched Kuzmenko play since I started doing this back in 2016. I, I love Andre Kuzmenko. He's one of the few KHL guys that I think could translate to the NHL. I don't think he's a top-line guy. Like, he's not Artemi Panarin. But I think he's more of a middle-six offensive guy. Really good shot. Pretty skilled. His feet are a little bit heavy and clunky. But he gets around well enough. He evades pressure well enough. He's a good off-puck shooter as well. Uh, positionally, and then the quality of his finish is, is really, really great. Um, so I think he could play in the NHL in like a middle-six middle six role. I'd set my bar pretty low and then let him pass it, but... I think he's good enough to play in the NHL. Uh, Dobson or Bouchard? Personally, I, for a long time, was Bouchard, but part of me still will we'll, we'll, we'll go Dobson. But I, I like Evan Bouchard a lot, and I still do. Uh, and I feel pretty good about... I mean, I had him at four on my draft board that year, and I loved him that year in 2017. And people were like, you're crazy. He's never going to be that good in the NHL. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he can't play defense, can't do this, can't do that. And yeah, his defensive game is not why you have him. But he's still Evan Bouchard. But I still think I lean 55-45% Dobson. Um, who would you take at 9-16 and 16 if you were the Sabres GM? I, I don't know. Uh, I My brain is also starting to slow down because it's been over two hours. So I'm going to have to get through this and then call it a night, guys. Uh, the random generator told me nine. Oh, oh, right. That was from before. When stating a player, how much goes on the pl- – how much – when how much goes on the player in terms of development and how much goes on the team to help develop him? I don't know. 
if I if I had years and years years of experience and development staff or are working with an NHL team, I could probably tell you, but I don't. I don't know. I think that also depends very much on the player and very much on the team. I know I know that there are some teams that don't do any real development. I know there are some teams that are very involved, just because that's how they think that it should be done. It's a philosophical thing. I don't I don't really know. I don't think there's really a wrong answer, but the only wrong answer is when it doesn't work, right? Uh, you might not like this question. Where would Matthews go after his contract is up if not Toronto? Um, well, it's hard to say because it depends on who has cap space and who's good when Matthews' contract is up. I mean, I would be stunned if he didn't stay in Toronto. But if he's going to go anywhere, it won't be Arizona. Like, him with the LA Kings would be phenomenal. Um, you know, bring them what bring them what Wayne Gretzky couldn't in a Stanley cup. And I feel like LA is going to be ready to go at that point. Um, like I feel like Austin Matthews is smart enough to know that if he's leaving Toronto, he's going to another big market. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that guy is, is he loves the limelight in Toronto. He's, he's a fashionable guy. He loves to go out on the town, you know, visit what Toronto has to offer. Like he likes that, that environment, I think. Um, so that makes me think places like New York, uh, LA, um, Chicago, uh, I don't know who knows, maybe Detroit. I don't know, but there's, there's plenty of options. Maybe, uh, 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 Zurich maybe. Oh, the battle of Alberta BOA. Yes. I did watch the BOA last night and it was a lot of fun. I, I agree. I really just, I love when games get completely out of control like that uh forsberg to buffalo we have 50 million in cap space possible uh it's possible you forsberg would have to want to go there um we'll see what happens but it's possible financially uh jg paterka nine points in seven games uh yeah because he's sick would you rather sakura or parison in the early second if you're rebuilding a team probably sakura to be honest i like ludwig parison but i go with sakura uh paterka is the goat yeah obviously did you see wyatt johnston leading the ohl and scoring this year yes i did he had a great year um it's gonna be a ton of fun for sure um have i talked about casper yes how fun would noah Oslund and alex to be not likely to happen but i'm salivating yeah that would be a lot of fun it'd be a good time which teams are you rooting for to win the memorial cup uh edmonton oil kings and i'm biased because i know someone who works for them and uh he's a good dude so uh shout out uh to him he knows who he is um, but yeah, go, go oil Kings. Plus they've just built a massively disgusting WHL team. Uh, unless you already answered it, thoughts on the Mitch Russell signing kind of did already. I don't have huge expectations, like slightly over a point per game overage guy for San Jose. Like cool. He gets rewarded. Let's see what he can do. What do you think of Matias Samuelson? Kind of that Noah Warren brand player, like just a really safe and dependable defense first guy that, doesn't do much else from what I've seen of him. I can't say I've seen a tremendous amount of Matias Samuelson, but he's always just one of these guys where it's easy for a coach to play him, I think. Is Logan Cooley still number two? Well, I've got Lambert at two, but that's only because I really, really like him. You could probably get him way later. Pro almost certainly will be able to get him way later. Cooley, I think, all things considered, being realistic, is probably number two in terms of likely upside using my NHL hat, I think. Uh, oh, someone mentioned the Stasny family. That's also a very good one to note for sure. Uh, Arseny Gritzik, KHL Rookie of the Year. Very true. Um, my boy, go check out that scouting report from 2019 where I look younger and 
way less comfortable on camera. Um, also, thoughts on Van Steensel, unless someone already, unless it was already answered. So no, it hasn't been answered. I kind of liked Van Steensel. I don't think there's a ton there, but he was pretty hardworking. He was mobile and fluid and all over the ice pretty well. Um, good, smart, off-puck guy as well. Um, didn't, you know, he, he kind of came and went, but I'll do more games on him for sure. Uh, will Toronto win a second round next year? Uh, I, I hope so. It'd be crazy. Um, it'll happen when it happens, if it happens. NHL should do a big prospect tournament in the summer, like a big hub or something in Toronto. That'd be great. It would be a lot of fun, um, but it would be, uh, but it would be, I feel like it, you know, you got to get everyone organized and injuries would be an issue. Um, but I know what you mean. I would like it too. Search up Tony Hand. Oh, I oh I know Tony Hand. I know the story of Tony Hand extremely well. I actually found tape of Tony Hand playing in the British Hockey League somewhere. Or was that? No. No, that was Mike Babcock, not Tony Hand. There is tape of Tony Hand playing in Britain. Uh, it's hilarious. I mean, the guy could have been an NHL player from what I've read and what I've seen and what was said about him at the time in the 80s. Uh, and he would have been an oiler, which would have been insane. Um, but yeah, too bad. But sometimes you get homesick and you want to go home, and Tony Hand did, and became an icon in Britain. Uh, 10 to 15 range for Lambert. I mean, I, I think it's reasonable that he could go in that range, but I would be surprised. I feel like him going late. Uh, thoughts on the upside of Hirvonen and Topi Nimala? I think Hirvonen's maybe a third-line guy down the road. Uh, I'm not, I don't have huge expectations for him. Topi Nimala, second pair maybe, uh, offensive guy, I think could be reasonable. Favorite chicken wing flavor, and do you like blue cheese or ranch better? Hmm. I th usually, I th I think I might go I might go ranch. I might, cause I don't know. I I I like I like blue cheese, but not as a dip. Favorite chicken wing flavor. Uh, I like spicy wings, but not really hot wings. Like I don't like hot wings as much as you think. I am a fan of like like uh asian chili style wings like like uh stuff that's been done in like chili garlic sauce kind of stuff um that's that's the kind of stuff that i like uh on on my wings i'm not a honey garlic guy um uh, not a mild guy not a suicide insano man um one of those one of those other one of those others Oh, a super chat. Thank you from, oh, well, I can't, I don't think I can say your name without being demonetized on this, but thank you very much. Uh, wrong emoji. Yeah, well, that's okay. I didn't see it. Um, Pavel Minchukov NHL comparison. Ooh. I'll have to get back to you on that, Daham. I, da, Dom, I don't know off the top of my head. Do you think Savoy or Geeky could be on the board at nine for the Sabres? Yes. Or Lambert and Kulik at 16? Yes and yes to both. Uh, and any drafted prospect from 2021 that really impressed you in their draft plus one year? I mean, Wyatt Johnston is one for sure. Uh, I'll have to double check this. Um, twenty twenty one NHL draft. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of like guys that I didn't really expect much of and they really impressed me. Wyatt Johnston is one of them. Um. Someone mentioned, I for, oh my god, I totally forgot. I'm sorry to this person. I'll tell them in a DM afterwards. But they asked me about Ryan Ufko. Uh, 
uh, and what his season was like in UMass. I know he scored a lot. A lot of it seems to be on the power play. Uh, I, I think his, I mean, his shot and an actual ability to put the puck on net has always been good. Um, but I still think that he's a bit of a clunky skater, a bit of a clunky skilled defenseman, but he made it work well enough. Uh, I thought he had a really good freshman year and we'll see where it goes, but, uh, sorry for taking so long to get to that question. If you're listening, my, my apologies. Uh, but yeah, uh, but guys who I didn't really have huge expectations for out of the draft and relative to now, I mean, Matt Nyes for sure is one of those, um, uh, who else? I mean, I'm kind of surprised at just how good Scott Mora was in his freshman year, but I liked him at first. Um, Olin Zellweger has been tremendous this year. Again, better than I thought he would be. Uh, Riley Kidney, I think has been really good this year relative to what I expected. Um, who else? Jack Beck is another one that I kind of didn't have many expectations for, but he's been really good. Uh, I think that's good enough, isn't it? Sure. We'll call that. We'll call it good on that. Um, Uh, what do I think about uh, what do I what do I think about Servak Petrovsky? Again, a guy that doesn't move the needle a ton, but he's shifty and and works hard. And we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not huge on him, um, but he's on my list down at the bottom. Uh, what did you make of Edmondson's D plus one year? Do I see him as a number one D? I don't see him as a number one D, but a top four guy for sure. I think uh, he got a lot more confident and 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 carried the puck really well. Uh, the problem, he had one glaring problem last year, but a big thing with him was, was, was puck management. And in terms of that, he's taking more responsibility himself and carrying pucks a lot more. Um, oh yeah. Uh, anyway, that's going to be it for tonight, folks. Thank you very much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Big audience tonight. Really, really busy. Uh, is Ryan Chesley really good defensively? I think he's overrated defensively. I'll give you that. Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I'm off to a bachelor party this weekend. Uh, so if I don't make it, uh, I'll, I'll organize some sort of thing to auction off my, my, my belongings. Um, thank you very much for joining me. We'll be back. We'll be back next Thursday night, 8 PM, same time, same place, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, uh, stay safe. Um, you know, live your life. See you around.